Yo, what up, what up, y'all? What's good? You are listening to a brand new episode of Behind the Baller Podcast. This is episode 106. I am your host, Ben Baller, also known as the Korean John Creasy, a.k.a. Creasy Bear. If you know who the fuck Creasy Bear is, then I fuck with you heavy. On this episode, we have a listener who is actually going to be our featured guest who happens to have ties to the government and is one of the few black green berets in existence. He is a bad motherfucker. We're going to get into some shit with him. This interview is crazy. This is the longest interview in BTB history. So we're going to keep it real short, quick. You know what I'm saying? COVID. We're at over 20 million plus infected people worldwide. 12 point something million people have recovered. What does that fucking mean? I have no fucking idea. All right. We're at almost 750,000 deaths worldwide. Okay. We're at 5.2, we're at over 5.2 million infections in the USA with over 166,000 deaths. But there's a decline. There's been a decline in cases. Now, I know that's taken in, you know, into consideration with the stupid asses in Texas who aren't testing as much and whatever because of school shit and all that. And, um, you know, it's funny because yesterday me and the Dust Brothers went out and got some gourmet iced coffee while we sat and talked about some vibes and all kinds of shit and some future business plans with uh, Behind the Baller. And um, we've been all, three of us have been very careful since this has began with Lysol, sanitizer, washing your hands, masks, shields, all that. So let's see what happens because me and Miles had to fucking let our guard down to drink the coffee. So Miles and Jordan, you fucks, if I got it, then you got it. And that's actually not funny. You know what I'm saying? Because of London and all that shit. But anyways, look, it. we are hitting a slight curve in the right direction. Let's hope it sticks. And yes, a vaccine would help a lot. But right now, India is in the lead. And I'm not fucking with that Russian vaccine at all whatsoever. I don't give a fuck what, I mean, I don't listen to what Vladimir Putin says anyway, but I'm not fucking with anything, like I said, for the 15th time, unless it's made in Japan or Korea, or it's been through its third round in the USA. Okay. But check this out. I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get into this fire ass interview. We really deep dive into the current state of the shit show going on in our country. All right, y'all. So without further ado, I bring you the Black Green Beret. Hey, guys, you know how much I love CBD. And I'd like to introduce you to our newest sponsor and my favorite for everyday use, Thera One CBD. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from Thera One's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wurzland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions that help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary Theragun, percussive therapy device that you know I use every day and love. 
Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments with it, so he created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim to be organic, but still contain up to 30% filler. And these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they even get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic grown in the USA. And their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and the sleep tincture to drift you into a deep night's sleep. I personally use it after a long bike ride with my kids or if I need to feel relaxed before falling asleep. Now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you got to go to theragun.com slash baller. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one at theragun.com slash baller. But only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash baller. Yo, you are listening to Behind the Baller. You know what? One of the most favorite fucking interviews that I do on this show are the ones of people that we just find. You know, this happens to be a listener. He happens to be black. Not just is he black, he is a black, well, he was or he is a black green beret. And I've always been fascinated with all this shit since the fucking first ramble, since first blood. And, you know, I'm almost 50, so, like, I've been watching all this crazy shit. Ladies and gentlemen, we got Matthew Eros on Behind the Baller. Matt, what's good, bro? What's good, my G? How you doing? I'm good, man. It's, you know, it's crazy times we're in, man. This is just really... Super crazy, man. Especially here and abroad, it's 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 a very rare time to be alive. You know, a lot of people say that, but I really do think right now is it's pretty insane. You know, um, you told me offline that you'd prefer to speak on COVID nineteen, the president, fatherhood, being black, and special operations and racial injustice. So, with all due respect, I'm not going to get into combat deaths. What I do want to get into is you know uh, ties to the president and everything else. But let's just look. How we always do on BTB. Let's start from the beginning. Uh, tell me what your childhood was like, bro, and how did it shape you into becoming, uh, like, wanting to get into the armed forces? Yeah, so pretty much, uh, it's funny that I say this a lot. I ride hard for LA. I'm actually a fifth generation Angelino. Nice. Yeah, like, uh, you know, my great great grandfather, he was born on Lucky Baldwin's Ranch, which is what Santa Anita Race Park now. Okay. Um, so he actually, and I didn't actually notice it initially, but but uh, he actually was in World War One and World War Two. Pretty insane. But to fast forward, uh, you know, born in Kaiser, uh, West LA, uh, family all throughout LA, uh, ran through Ladera, Culver City, Fox Hills area. Hold on, and hold on, I, hold on. Wait a second. Are you talking about on Cadillac and Little Oskinica, that Kaiser? Yeah, yeah. 
right where the Del Taco is now. Hold on, wait up, hold on. Because now you're talking about like, look, bro, I was born and raised in Koreatown, but I ran the West Side. You feel me? Like, that's where I grew up. How old are you? Yeah. I'm 30. No, oh, you're 31, 31. You were young, yeah. okay. So, I'm super young. No, no I'm, I'm like, I'm. Where'd you go I'm to high school? Young. So I actually, I actually moved from LA and went to high school in Arizona. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I appreciate you keeping the 310 number, but okay. Yeah. So continue, my bad. Go ahead. Yeah, so like, uh, you know, uh, my brother, he had he went to Dorsey and, and went to went to Pali, uh, Pali High, Palisades. Yeah. And then uh, uh, we split. He stayed out in L.A. and I went to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Finished out high school out there and then, you know, raised by a single black mother, whatever. Uh, and... I initially wanted to get into like I was high, I was heavy in sports, uh, but digital media really caught my eye. I wanted to, you know, I taught myself Final Cut Pro, how to edit, produce music, all that shit. And uh, you know, I, I moved back out to LA after that. I, I didn't go to college just because I wanted to give you know the whole the college try to the entertainment business because you know I mean you know being from LA, you got so many family and friends that are in the business regardless because it's just the massive industry that it is. And uh, it didn't really work out, so I popped smoke, went back to Arizona. At that point in time, I was with the homies, and I was kind of like in between. I was like, okay, I was very reckless back in the day, right? Um, getting in fights all the time in the streets, uh, going to clubs, you know, doing the doing the young dumb, young dumb and broke type shit, right? But I was full of piss and vinegar, and I was super, like, not military type, right? And at that point in time, I was like, you know what? I need some type of direction, discipline, or something, right? And I wanted to really challenge myself. And I had uh, one of my homies, he befriended uh, this dude who was about to graduate SEAL training. And so his name's Kent. And uh, I go down to Coronado. I get a little taste. I'm like, oh, shit, okay, all right, whatever. We at this famous um, seal bar down there. And I meet this dude. This dude is like maybe five foot six, maybe a buck 60, right? But he's he's yoked, bald, whatever. He's got a little, you know, tatted the fuck up. Like, this dude looks like a, you know, some, like a son's type, son's an anarchy type cat with a beard, right? And I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, this dude has bodied like probably 500 cats. So I'm like, get the Jesus fuck out Christ. of here. This little guy? And he's like, no, 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 no. He's, he's, he's a Team Six cat. I was like, get the fuck out of here. This dude is like, I, like, I mean, yeah. listen, <laughs> I, like, I wasn't by any means big at this time, whatever. And then, uh, you know, I shook his hand. I talked to him, whatever. And I was like, damn, okay, okay. And, you know, at this time, this was like 2000 and what is it, 10, 11, Obama, or excuse me, Osama bin Laden just got fucking whacked. And, you know, the hottest thing smoking in the news at that point in time was like the Navy SEALs, the Navy SEALs, right? And like I said, I knew nothing about the military, right? The only thing I knew about Navy SEALs, I was like, Charlie Sheen? Like, what? Come on. Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, and then, so at that point in time, I saw the camaraderie, the brotherhood, and like, you know, you, you know, we, you really get down with us. We like you, right? But why don't you give it a shot? And I was like, ah, okay. So I left, um, and I really thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I think I can do this. And just my mentality of how I do shit is I specifically OD on my research, right? Yeah. Um, so immediately after, I reached out to Ken at that time, used him as a mentor. Uh, and one of my mentors is actually pretty famous. He was in recruiting at that time. Uh, Goggins, 
uh, <laughs> he probably doesn't remember me at all, David Goggins. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, let me let me try out for this. And for two weeks, I, I went to the library. I, I took out like 18 fucking books on special operations and the SEALs and all different contingents because I wanted to see how they all operate with each other and whatnot. Read them all within two weeks. People thought I was fucking crazy. Um, and then I go to the recruiter. I'm like, yo, I want to do this. Let's get this cracking. Start doing the physical stuff uh, uh, where you have to get like a medical processing thing or whatever. And they're like, hey, bro, you got trash ass eyesight. You can't do it. I was like, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, 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 no. Come on, bro. Like I read all the books. I've been training, right? Like, you know, I've been killing all the all the physical tests. And they're like, no, nah, bro, your eyesight is trash. Can't do it. I'm like, fuck. So I, I call up my homie Ken. I'm like, yo, man, they said my eyesight's trash. I'm, I'm disqualified from starting the process right he's like well you how much you take it oh yeah so I, I hadn't had it yet i hadn't had it yet right the doctors are like yo you you got 2400 eyesight my dude right like you're on the borderline of being able to even enter the military and i was like fuck okay i'm um, at this time like i was i like i was you had to like be top in the region to ship out because everyone wanted to be a seal right and i was killing it um so i was like i was pretty bummed that i talked to my homie kent i talked to the other cast and like you know what what about the Rangers, right? And I was like, okay. I was like, well, but the Army? Like, nah, man. Get the fuck out. I'm not like, nah, man. I'm talking, I'm all about that palm tree summer breeze. I got that shit tatted on my arms. Right. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? San Diego, I'm all about that. I'm not trying to be down in the south in the swamps. Nah, fuck that. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, just take a look, right? I go to recruiter, fast forward real fast. And the recruiter's like, you know, I walk in and he just happened to be from Ranger Regiment. He had the scroll and the tab or whatever. Ranger Regiment, for people that don't know, uh, those are the top infantry shock troops in special operations. They, they've, they you know, killed, captured more high-value targets than pretty much any public unit in the history of the United States. Um, so I was like, I'm about about it, right? And uh, I walk in. Yeah, I was super cocky, chip on the shoulder, whatever, because I just came from this. And I was like, almost seeing it as a, as a lesser type of thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you. And the dude who's like, hey, what's up, man? You know, whatever. I'm Sergeant so-and-so. And I'm like, hey, what's up, man? My name's Eros. And he's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be a ranger. And he's like, what makes you think you can be a ranger? And I'm like, I looked at his shoulder on the, on the side and the Velcro. He had his little tab and his scroll. I was like, well, you're one. If you can do it, I can do it. And he was like, excuse me? He's like, get the fuck out. <laughs> so, so it started off with a completely bad footing, right? Yeah, you and sound then, like me, bro, but go on. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, bro, like, whatever, like, fuck you then, I'm out, right? So I, I hit up Kent, and he was just like, yeah, it's the Rangers, bro, it's the fucking army, like, it is what it is. He's like, well, have you looked at the Green Berets? And I was like, the who? He's like, Green Berets. I was like, who the fuck is that? And he's like, Rambo. And I was like, I've never seen Rambo. He's like, you've never seen Rambo? Oh I'm God, like, nah. <laughs> I was like, bro, Saving Private Ryan? in there like man i might have fucked like, you no. up when i see you bro i'm gonna have to beat your ass man you crazy <laughs> so i'm like rambo listen i got all the, i got all i got fucking annihilated in the course because they found out all this shit right so um please tell me you've seen first blood yes okay I all have. right go on go on go on yeah so like i pretty much fast forward uh it took me a, a while to actually get a contract for for the Green Berets. I got one. I secured it straight from like civilian straight into the army. It's called an 18 X-ray. Um, and then so I jumped straight into it. Go through basic, almost get booted for not being able to adapt because at all my drill sergeants were like 
the ages of my best friends and i was like i'm not calling you drill sergeant like fuck you like <laughs> like are you serious like, <laughs> you <were not> <laughs> it, like yeah and then so you know they they made a big thing out of it but you know i killed it moved to the next thing and then we get to what the the home of special operations and airborne so everyone who goes through sf training has to go to uh, fort bragg in north carolina right right Complete opposite of Coronado, where you got palm trees and summer breeze, you know, the women in the bathing suits, the float, the drinks are flowing, the shit's hot, the, you know, all that stuff. I'm in a sh- fucking J. Cole land, right? Yeah. And uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm like, this sucks. Why did I do this? Right. And then, you know, I went through what's called the, the Special Forces Qualification Course. Uh, uh, for probably about two years, uh, my my specialty was uh, special forces weapons and tactics. So pretty much, um, I was I'm the or was trained to be the subject matter expert in all tactics and weapons, foreign, uh, domestic, heavy, light weapons, everything. Uh, pick up a gun, know the status of it, know where to you know the maximum effective range of it, be able to interdict a target discriminately, nice. you know nice. whatever I. So the and you know you, you learn the tactics of of being a Green Beret, unconventional warfare. You know the history of being a Green Beret um, from the OSS, which branched off into uh, the CIA to the Green Berets, as well as uh, uh, the State Department. Right. That's pretty much if you look at that, that's similar to what we also do. Right. We're we're known as the professional soldiers and the the, the soldier diplomats. How many years did it take for you to finally become a Green Beret? Two years. Okay, so two years. Where are you yeah. deployed on your first assignment? Uh, so that was the thing. So I got assigned to 10th Special Forces Group out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. And my first uh, deployment was to Eastern Europe to a couple hot spots. And then my big one was actually Ukraine. I was part of the first element to go in after Russia went in. Wow. I used to date yeah. a bad... There's, there's, you know, there's some real bad bitches in Ukraine, dog. Let's Especially see. in Odessa. <laughs> in Odessa, fam? Yeah, Odessa, on, Kiev, all of that. Yo, I done took down some bad Russian, listen, all that shit. I ain't going to get into all the specifics. I'm just saying, but damn, I'm talking about I had some. Well, that that was, you know, know, like it's funny because on the teams and with the guys, a lot of the guys have, you know, especially GBs, Green Berets, like we we get trained in foreign languages. Like I know five foreign languages. Um, So, yeah, I know Ukrainian, uh, Russian, a little bit of Spanish, French, and uh, obviously English, right? So, um, you know, a lot of these guys go over there, you know, to all these various hot spots, whether if it's South America, uh, Africa, you know, the Middle East or Asia, whatever it is. And they just, you know, some guys just get it in. You know, it's like it's like a it's a joke where you come back with a wife, right? Your first or second deployment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I was part of the first team that that pretty much went in. We established a special operations contingent on behalf of NATO. Um, in order to, you know, <laughs> combat what was happening in, in Crimea at the time, which is it's actually contradictory to what the public actually believes, what Obama did uh, during that time. They were like, oh, you know, he didn't he just let Ukraine fail and all. It's like, nah, bro, like y'all have no clue. We were there. We did a lot of great work over there, um, filled a lot of intelligence gaps. And, you know, it's pretty nuts because a lot of that stuff is rearing its head and it's current right now with obviously the administration and, and, and what people believe to be true and what not to be true. Um, but, yeah, like it, it it was pretty insane. I was part of the, you know, as a as a Green Beret, like I said before, we, we work by, with and through the populace. And a lot of our stuff is, you know, we specialize in unconventional warfare. 
right? So guerrilla warfare. Um, and through that, we either stabilize or destabilize regions. That's just what we do. That's the bread and butter. Like we're not SEALs. We're going to go in there and just fuck shit up. It's, and it's no disrespect to the SEALs, but we're the only, we are special forces. There's no other unit in the United States arsenal that is special forces, right? The public tr- uses that term for everything else, but there's not, nah, it's just us. And, uh, you know, we're the only ones who can do the full spectrum missions, uh, the full, all full spectrum missions for the Department of Defense. Um, and, you know, we're force multipliers. We're, we're very good at what we do. Check this out, dog. Look, man, and don't take this the wrong way, bro, okay? No rainbow. No rainbow, fam. You look like, you You sound like a good-looking pretty boy motherfucker right now, bro. I'll be honest <laughs> with you, man. i never seen you, don't know nothing, bro. You sound like a, you. Sa- I'm just, I'm being real. Like, you know, you, you could hear pain in certain voice. And I, look at, I'm not saying you're bullshit. I'm just saying, like, so do me a favor real quick. Break it down. How tall are you? I'm six foot two, 230 pounds. Okay, you're 6'2", 230. Okay, so you're not like a, a skinny... I was thinking like, yo, man, this motherfucker Listen, sound like Brad Pitt. I'm, I used I'm, to be like uh, 175 soaking wet with bricks, two bricks in my fucking pocket. And then like people, like I just I just recently got out and people, you know, that, that saw me beforehand and saw me after, they think I ate myself. They're like, you just got yeah. yoked. Like, Well, bro, you got to remember, dude, like I play college ball. I talk about it, yeah. right? You start to get shorter when you get after forty. Your foot gets flatter. Your foot gets bigger. Yeah. Certain things happen. You don't really, you don't know until you actually turn forty. You know, I was one seventy five in in high school, going into college, playing defensive back, playing left corner. Um, I had probably nine percent body fat. I could probably max out at maybe two fifty. You know, back in nineteen ninety one, this is you know really good for a receiver DB. Yeah. You know, as far as my strength, I wasn't anywhere near the top. But I mean, let's see, as a receiver. That my, my senior year, I have, what, 11 touchdowns. I had 1,200 yards. I even had fucking uh, 92 yards rushing, and I was, a, you know, I was a receiver, but I decided to go into college play football. What I'm saying is, at 6 feet, 175, I was still pretty slim. You know what I'm trying to say oh, to you? Yeah. You see motherfuckers that are, that are DBs that are 5'9 and 190 in the NFL. So... 6'2", 175, you was a skinny motherfucker, uh, bro. Super and skinny. can you tell me about one of your craziest missions? Yes. Is that can you keep? Can, can you without? Can you know, get not get too specific, but just like you know. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what what's determined as crazy versus stupid versus like. I don't give a yeah. fuck. Just say, say something entertaining. Like, let these motherfuckers know. Talk to me. Okay. Well, so the craziest thing that's actually what I think is actually crazy is like the thing that people actually it's. I would say it's not necessarily, it's part of a mission, right? And what it is, is, you know, I was doing some area familiarization in uh, Eastern Europe, a specific place. And, uh, you know, when, when we go to these, a lot of these places, there's, there's a shitload of hotspots, right? Foreign intelligence services are on your ass everywhere you go. It's just the name of the game. That Red Sparrow shit is real, right? Whoever see <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence has come out of the honey pots, all that shit. Anyway, no, I feel you. No, I feel you. So... You know, me me and the homie, you know, we're rolling two man deep and uh, we're doing some area fam. And it's like some Jason Bourne type of fucking bizarre. Right. And I'm just like, what the fuck? This is this is wild. Right. Like it just it was just movie esque. Right. Motherfuckers are slapping the rugs, all that shit. And, you know, there's you got a track suit and there's like seven track suits. One says Reebok, one says Nike, one says Adidas and all the fucking same. Right. (laughs) It's one of them black market type joints. Anyway, so. You know, we're we're looking around. We're pretty much trying to find supplies and all this other stuff because we procure a lot of our stuff uh, in country. 
And so all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm the weapons guy, I'm the tactics guy or whatever. And we're all trained in, you know, counter stuff or whatever. And I said, I'm like, yo, there's some cats following us. Right. And this is kind of like the, the B squad. They're not the C or D squad. Right. And I'm like, okay, like these motherfuckers, we've been in a couple of different places, a couple of different areas, times and all that stuff. And they're still there. Right. And you caught on to it. Super, it's super quick. And like me being one of the only darkies in country, it's like, come on now. Right. You, I can't really do so much when it comes to that. So we're in, we're in regular civilian clothes and, uh, you know, the homies got a, a shitload of money on them cause you know, we're buying supplies and stuff. And then all of a sudden I look off to my left or whatever. And it's a long, like re- this, we're like two miles deep into this bitch. This is on our old railroad track. And, you know, all of a sudden we got these these big motherfuckers. And for the most part, in most places, and this is specifically Eastern Europe, in most places, the cats are like malnourished tracksuits, whatever. They look like John McClane fucking James Bond goons, right? Like, no offense. <laughs> it's, just, it's just what it is, right? You know what, though? I feel bad because a lot of my listeners ain't really cultured and they don't really been, like, I've been all over the world, bro. I've been, you know, almost 40 countries and especially because of you know, going to, let's say, for instance, Azerbaijan, going to Turkey, going to Armenia, going to, you know, uh, Russia, Ukraine. These are areas, you know, people don't get that shit. But really, as stereotypical as it is, look, man, look, someone could sit there and be like, yo, it's fucked up. You say black people like fucking uh, fried chicken and watermelon. Yeah. Well, you know what, man? I think generally a lot of people like fried chicken and watermelon, really. But, you know, if you're, say, like Koreans, you know, have big heads and shit like that, this shit is true. Yeah. I ain't going to like, I'm, I'm not going to deny it, but... When you look at Eastern, especially Eastern Europe, man, I, them motherfuckers be they be track suited the fuck up, bro, straight up. Well, it's, I tell I tell people like they all got the same haircut. It, the motherfuckers is all exactly. Well, yeah, they, they how about this? They walk the same. You feel me? Like you could see it's just wild. Like it's it's wild to me because you know I tell people like you know you know white Americans you're not white enough to be there, like it, you're just it's just a whole different level of like you know Slavic culture and all that stuff. So. You know, I see them, uh, you know, so you, you catch on. Yeah. Okay. So, so most cats, you know, they're super malnourished tracksuits or whatever these, you know, or they're like, you know, they're, you know, work for the state wealthy, they're, you know, overweight because you know, all that shit with the supermodels and arms. These some, these some corn fed motherfuckers. Yeah, I these feel cats you. were Debo type shits, right? I'm big as fuck. I'm one of the biggest cats, if not the biggest cat on the team. And these motherfuckers were huge. Um, and I'm like, fuck, right? We get pretty much caught up. These cats roll up on us and I'm like about to draw right I, I got i got a fucking sub in my back in my backpack and i'm like <laughs> you know i'm about to empty five like you listen we get we gotta get the fuck out of here so all of a sudden you know they're like poli- i can't remember the the word for police in, in russian they're like police police and i was like yo bro like get the and he puts his arm on me i swat that motherfucker and i'm like yo i'm about to body this motherfucker so i tell my my dude with me and he's like hold on hold on hold on right and they're like they're trying to ball us up they're like where are you staying at where are you you know whatever yada 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 and I'm like, nah, Brian, giving out this fucking information. I take a step back because, you know, you don't want to get hit with the cats are vi- videotaping shit. They, they want to make an international incident to get you kicked out of country, all types of shit. And, and so, you know, I'm at this point in time, I'm like, yo, homeboy flips his, his little ID out. I'm like, nigga, that's a fucking library card. Let's get the fuck out of here, right? Homeboy puts his arms on me, you know, do a little, you know, a little dance with these motherfuckers. <laughs> he gets dropped. We split. Boom. Now we're on the run. Right. And he splits, goes off towards some bullshit. I split off, go a completely different way. And now I'm running through this fucking bazaar full of fake track suits, 
shoes, fucking rugs, all that bullshit. Like it's a scene out of Jason Bourne. And I'm jumping over shit, running through chicken coops and shit. And <laughs> we double back. And probably like five minutes later, we hit like what we call a rally point, an RP, you know, where we, we just set shit up like that. It's like, yo, you know, something happens, boom, right here. Um, we roll up and then, you know, we, we, we catch our breath. And I'm like, yo, we got to get the fuck out of here. So, you know, I, I check my bag to make sure everything's locked, loaded, whatever. He's got all his shit, the money, whatever. We call it up, text it up, you know, let people know. And then all of a sudden we're about to hit the end of these railroad tracks. And then we see like seven of these motherfuckers, just big as shit, hopping out of vans. And I'm like, fuck. Right. Have any of them showed any weapons yet or no? No. That's and that, that's the thing is like, you know, we're like, okay, this is either some fucking FSB, whatever, some some fucking form shit, right? And that, that's the other thing is like you, you get a lot of demeanor hits. You get a lot of like atmospheric shit, you know, you know, you like, OK, in these countries, they don't tint their windows. Yeah, plus you black, man. Come well, on, yeah, bro. that in, but in this country, you don't tint your windows. So if you're tinting your windows, like, come on now. Right. So these vans were all tinted the fuck out. And we're just like, shit, 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 shit. So we dipped to an egress point uh, to get the fuck out of there. And we're running across these railroad tracks. And we caught, you know, the homies picked us up right as, as right as we're getting picked up. Boom. Massive chase happens. We're hitting like 80 miles an hour, 50 mile an hour streets in fucking uh, uh, bottomed out Mitsubishi, out Pajeros and fucking Land Rovers just rolling through the right. fucking streets. And it's massively, you know, this massive fucking chase. Um, we're able to dip out on them. And then they eventually follow us to the hotel. Right. We're in there, whatever, we're good. At, at, at that point, like, the law for that country was even the police officers have to ask to even be on property, right? Uh, so they're stopped by the concierge and everything else, and, you know, they're, they're working with us or whatever. So they send in— Hold on, you still ain't no guns drawn, nothing? Come well, on, man. The, like, that's the thing is, like, this is how it gets wild. Hold on. This is how it gets wild, right? 30 minutes later, right, we're like, all right, whatever. We go to the little— hotel cafe about 30 fucking supermodels walk in and we're like ah fuck ah fuck here we go right and it's like (laughs) it's just set up shit yeah it's just obvious right we're like ah shit ah shit these cats walk in with them sit down next to us and you know it becomes this fucking standoff Right. And we're like, all right, we can't see their fucking hands. We don't know what the fuck is going on. And, uh, you know, some words are spoken. And then all of a sudden, fucking Wild West. It was like some crazy flipping tables, cracking fucking glasses type. People just got fucking absolutely crazy. Thankfully, no guns were drawn. But at the, but after that, we find out that all of those shit, all, like pretty much all those other chicks were ID'd as pretty much honeypots the whole entire time and they've been following us around. Um, oh, man. Yeah, but like that that was, I would think that was probably like the craziest thing outside of, you know, just a full-on gunfight. But Well, like, you know, another thing too is, I mean, shit, dog, you in a different country, you know, motherfuckers from, I mean, at least you're from LA, so you see some diversity, but you know, Arizona motherfuckers ain't really seen shit. No. Like, I've been, I've been, I've been to all 50 states. But let me ask you a question. What's the protocol for pulling out a gun? Like, for instance, if you are pulling out a gun out of the country, are you in deep shit? Like, because, you Man, know, you... Man, it's crazy. Like, the way it's politic, like, politics happen, like, it depends on what the AMBO, the ambassador, we call him the AMBO, whatever, the ambassador in the country states, right? And 
what we're actually there for and what we're there to do. But if we have what's called a status of forces agreement, you know, for the most part, you're allowed to defend yourself as a United States citizen anywhere in the world. And if you're part of the DOD, you can definitely defend your life if, if it goes down to it. However, for us, we have to avoid international incidents because there's a reason why we're special, quote unquote, it's because the high physical and political risk, right? It's like, I'm there to, and then I, I, I bring it down to people like this, right? Because people are like, okay, well, we can, we do the DA, the kinetic surgical strike shit that you see in the fucking movies. Like that shit, we can teach monkeys how to do that shit, right? Right. No, I get it. You got to be a ninja, bro. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, you have and, to be. and that's the thing is like, for me, like to, to break it down for like LA, right? If I go into LA, let's say my mission is to go into LA uh, in order to disrupt supply, whatever it is, supply lines or conduct unconventional warfare, right? I have to go in there. I got to know who the 60s are. I got to know like everybody. Yeah, MS-13, right? everything. All of that, I right? You. I need to know who all the major players are. I need to know who who's backing us and what interest, U.S. interests. I need to know who are the major corporations and those players. And, and then I have to figure out and intertwine all these different things and create a mission in order to, you know, figure out the end state, whatever it is at that time. So for us, if I pull out a gun on a specific, you know, uh, faction group or whoever it is, and I'm not willing to pull that, tr- man, I'm not willing to pull that trigger because of the fact that they didn't pull a gun on me. And it's, no, I feel it gets you. real sensitive. Um, and because of the fact that a lot of my stuff that I did was, you know, at that point in time, countering Russian aggression. Yeah. It's that's near peer, man. That's like some World War Three type shit. So it's because of that. No, it's like it ends up, yeah, super it ends up, yeah. sensitive. You, you could be, you could be the reason why this whole shit could be really it, fucked yeah, up. Some, and I get it. Some France for that type be, shit. Super disciplined. Look, man, I'm about to ask you a very difficult, simple question. It's a difficult and simple. It could be real fucking, you know, boom. It could take one second. It could take seven. But I'm, yo, bro. So tell me, dog, as a Green Beret, um, I don't even know if, if, I don't know what legality, I don't even know if, if, but bro, have you killed before for our country? Yeah. Okay. Shit. Then there it is, man. So let me ask you a question. So, like, you know, I've had like homies at police. That are like, and I, when I say that, I say that very loosely. Again, I'm not very big on law enforcement. Yeah. Um, you know, being in the armed forces is, is a totally different thing, being in the service. But when it comes to law enforcement, certain things, I mean, I've met good cops, I've met bad. Even some of these good cops were bad cops, technically, if you know what I mean. They lie, they, you know, they cheat, they do whatever, blah, blah. But I remember one of these dudes I knew, he was doing security for a couple, some rappers and stuff. And I remember he killed somebody and it was, he had to, you know, for whatever it was. And he was never the same after that. Now, growing up in the hood, there's a lot of motherfuckers I know that kill people. You know, that not not cops, but you know they went through PTSD and all that stuff after that. And he was, I think, mandatory. They made him take like a month or two off after that happened. And then he had to go see somebody, blah blah, whatever. Let, now, I'm not going to get into my history, like my past, whatever, because I'm already a psychopath, and people I think know that I'm not right in the brain. You know, knowing that you've done it for the country for whatever reason it may be, are you like? Do you feel weird about it? Does so, it fuck with you on a so regular that, basis? Like, no, that's that's a, that's a great topic because you know a lot of people it affects them dramatically different differently. And I think my big thing is it's all about awareness, right? It's not to say that it doesn't affect you, but I think the big thing is this is and and this is this is what I was kind of alluding to before is like it has to be the absolute last option, right? And you know, sometimes we say mission success is if I don't even have to pull a trigger, right? So when you do go down that route, it has to be this thing is like, yo, this this is a known X, Y, and Z bomb manufacturer, uh, an HVT. Uh, these cats have been, 
you know, doing whatever. But it also comes down to the type of person who you are. Like, like I said, like, man, my family's from Compton. Like, like it's not, <laughs> it's not like. Bro, you ain't got to tell me, dog. Like, look, man, yeah, look, like, if, I, if I end up killing a motherfucking, you know, child molester. Like if, yeah, if someone's shooting killing, at you, bro, you're going to shoot back. Like, I mean, well, I should say not everybody, but for the most part. This is the thing with me. I think around 2008 is when I just seen so much death in my life, whether it be from motorcycle accidents, from murders, from random shit. It got to a point where, bro, I wasn't even crying at funerals anymore. And I think it fucked me up for, for the rest of my life. You know, it, it, my stepmom had passed. And I'm, I'm just being honest yeah. with you. I think I've turned weird. Let's get into the president of the United States, which I, he's not my president, but yeah. um, Donald Trump. How are you connected to him? So it's it's more of a loose thing when I say like, it's more of like- okay. I get it. No, I get it. Trust me. It's all good. Break it down. So so my my big thing is this. It's more of the a lot of the shit that, uh, that has occurred in- these investigations, like I got to see how the Russians work firsthand, right? And it's not to say that I'm not like, and, and I want to say this: this is my opinion, my opinion only. Um, this is not the DOD, none of that shit. I'm not, I'm not in anymore. But my big thing is this: is it's very obvious that the executive branch or people in the executive branch are getting played, right? And it's very obvious that you have a lot of external actors influencing a lot of our politicians. And specifically, it just happens to be the president of the United States, which is one of the most dangerous things ever. Um, And you can see that when it comes to the influence and the money. Like you have to realize as as a GB, you focus a lot on intelligence, right? Um, And intelligence collection. We specifically derive a majority of the intelligence and special operations command said almost approximately 75% of that is derived from special forces, right? So we are like hives. We literally stratify the information. We figure all the digital dandruff. We do all that shit, right? And we assess it. And from me being just hot off of all this shit in Eastern Europe and everything around Russia, man, it's just no doubt in my mind that like, He's a guilty motherfucker. Come on, he bro. got like yeah. He's it, it's and it's one of those things where it's like okay, is he willfully, knowingly right? Is he or is it one of those things where there's so many other people at play? International relations is a very rabbit hole type of type of game. And I tell people all the time, like when you get to a specific level, when you get to billionaire status, especially in business, these cats, the Russians, the Chinese. Like, yo, they're so sophisticated, they will keep a fucking docket or dossier on your ass for like 30 years just to be able to use that shit, right? They will put you in compromising positions. That way they can effectively use that in a later date because they see you as potentially having some type of interest, impact, or motivation, right, um, in, in the future. So without a doubt, the way everything is going down, the way the president has decided to turn his back on the IC, the intelligence community, when it was first brought to him, the way, you know, all these different briefs, it's like, that shit doesn't go down, man. Like, like th- this shit is so thorough to the point of where even when he, he's just like, when he first came into office, decided to gut majority of the State Department, right? It's not like you can't just do that shit. So when you do that, th- there's there's reasons why. No other sitting president has ever done a lot of these things, right? Where it seems as if, as if why in the fuck are you dropping sanctions against someone who's a near-peer adversary, right? Th- these, these are briefs that I've sat on, other people have sat on. You know, I, of course he's going to sit on them, even though, like even the Russian bounties, right? I don't know if you saw the Axios interview that, that just came out. 
where he was asked about, you know, did he talk to Vladimir Putin about the Russian bounties? And he specifically was like, no, I didn't bring it up. Fake news. Right. And it's like, get the fuck out of here, my dude. Yeah, motherfuckers for right? shit. Bro. But what the big thing with that, and and this was like the nail in the coffin, was when he specifically stated, you know, when when one of our generals specifically stated and it said, Hey, you know, we have intelligence that the Russians, they may not have been paying paying bounties uh to, to the Taliban in order to to hit US or Western allies or troops. But we do know they've been supplying weapons in order to specifically interdict our troops and supply lines, right? And the, the president of the United States just gave a statement on that and said, in rebuttal, well, we did that to them with the Mujahideen. That is, when you hear that and you see that, it's one of those things where it's like, what in the fuck? Like, th- there's something there. And it's just one of those things where you have to scratch well, I mean, more at the surface. And How do you feel about the hundreds of billions of dollars that are being pumped to the military budget each year and the 700 plus billion dollars that was approved during the pandemic. So, and, and I get through this a lot because a lot of my friends are in finance and in law. And I tell people this all the time, right? The, the defense budget, what people don't know about when it comes to government budgets, right? If you don't spend all that money, you get less money the next year. So it's like, it's almost an incentive to blow through cash that way you can ask for more next year, right? But it, I mean, bro, it, set, we're talking it, about almost a trillion dollars, it's bro. It's the most like, fucked on, up thing on earth is what I'm saying. And, and that's, that's why, like, a lot of people didn't agree with, you know, when, when Obama, President Obama did the sequestration and started to cut the budgets and everything else. But it needed to happen. And, and the fact is that a lot of people don't seem to understand that in the DOD, you have a lot of cats that have no logistical background, no auditing background, any of that. And then you're putting them in positions to then, you know, figure out and allocate where funds are going. You're going to have misappropriation. You're going to have, you know, the portions of the F-35 program for, for the Air Force being over budget or a helmet costs half a million dollars. Like, come on. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? see it. Like, we're, we're a nail. Yeah. You know, literally a nail where you put the fucking hammer it's through the like nail. It's like fucking $125. Yeah, it's like some straight up healthcare yeah. shit. Like, what the fuck? Um, so when I see that and I see, like, the pandemic, right? And from, what, March to now, you have more money pumped in the system than you had the whole entire pretty much five years post-Great uh, Recession in four or five months. Plus, you have the Fed propping up all corporations uh, by buying individualized corporate bonds on the back. back how, how do you feel about it, bro? Tell me. To me personally, it's one of those things where I look at it and I'm like, okay, and you know, I start. You start to see the writings on the wall, right? This is like a massive boiling thing that a lot of my peers also see. Is like, hey, you have a pandemic. You have massive unemployment. You have an economy that's cratering that's being propped up by just printing of money. You have the military uh, being pulled out of specific areas and regions and are influencing dwindling in certain parts of the, the globe. And you also have all of our adversaries pretty much taking advantage of that, right? As well as the current distress and uh, uh, protests that you see, right? You see a lot of astroturf where cats are, it's not grassroots. It's, it's actually being hijacked by a lot of different players abroad. I know that because when I go into a country, I either stabilize it or destabilize it with the team and, you know, the, the apparatus that we go in with. So I can see all these things happening real time. And a lot of my peers do as well. And it's, it's one of those things where you start to see a boiling point of, OK, America is going to have two different scenarios come November. Right. And 
the big thing is this, and it's like I'm not trying to, you know, go. I'm I'm not picking sides. I'm. It's just one of those things. I'm not going to pick sides with this. But you're either going to have America that's at war with itself, or you're going to have an America that's at war with the world. And people are going to need to understand the decision that they're going to make November third, and obviously mail in ballots a little bit before. But it's going to make a massive impact on what we see the next five to ten years. No, for sure. I said it today, man. I said, look, bro, there's a couple things you said earlier when you said you feel a pissed fucking vinegar, blah, blah, whatever. I was listening to this Mike Tyson shit. Ever since Mike Tyson has done DMT and ayahuasca and, and did the toad, he's become a philosopher. He's like a guru. Seriously, he was an idol to me just because he was a gangster kicking motherfuckers' asses. Then obviously all the fame, the drugs, everything got to him, the bitches, everything, boom. And then, you know, this new Mike Tyson, is he's, he's an incredible eloquent, very brilliant fucking guy. And he's learned how to talk about things and his stories are fascinating and shit. And he's like, yo, man, when you're young, you're so fucking dumb. It's not even funny. Anyways, backpedaling and you're talking about, you know, not choosing sides. Look, people always say, man, you know, this is what exactly what the left would sound like, bro. I'm not left. I'm not right. I'm not dot, bottom, head, center. Look, man, shut the fuck up. Where we are right now is either you want to drink some piss or do you want to eat some shit? Exactly. Eat some shit. Exactly. Be, eat some shit being Donald Trump and drinking some piss. Realistically, it's a fucked up situation. You know what I mean? But if you were the Secretary of Defense for the USA, what would you change? That's a big, that's some starship, Starfleet level type shit that we talk about, right? You're the Death Star over there. Um, if I'm the Secretary of Defense, the first thing I'm doing is is number one, I need to make sure that I let the president know, like, yo, listen, man, these are all of our external threats and our internal threats uh, within within the given nation and all these different regions abroad. I'm prioritizing. And then immediately I'm making sure I'm listening to the guys and the men and women on the ground, period. Right. right. Because a lot of these things that end up happening when it comes to the global war on terror or the Iraq war, a lot of these the reasons why these things get drawn out is because these generals have decided to put their fucking brain in a box. It's like in Bad Boys 2, right? They, <laughs> you put your brain in the fucking box. They threw that bitch in the fucking ocean and only Jacques Cousteau can go get that shit. You know what I'm saying? And Sad, it, it happens and what ends up happening is that at the strategic level, it directly shapes what happens at the operational level, the next level down. And no one ever listens to the guys on the ground. The ones that do listen to the guys on the ground are always in special operations, right? And, you know, that's the reason why you had the horse soldiers in, in Afghanistan at the very beginning where we were able to liberate uh, Afghanistan uh, with 10,000 uh, fighters with us within, you know, a couple of weeks' time, right? When, when you have cats going to specific regions and you don't have all these stars and stripes coming in, it's like, hey, I want a piece of the pie for promotions and everything else. You got to end that. You got to dead that, right? So you really have to look at it and say, hey, the guys on the ground, what are they specifically stating? What is intelligence looking like? We have to prioritize our threats because right now, the threats may not be kinetic. They may not be boots on the ground, right? It's going to prepare to that, a general scale war, potentially, uh, or limited scale war. But at the very least, what we need to be looking at is other options, cyber options, right? Economic options, because warfare has completely changed. And so the Secretary of Defense needs to understand all of those areas now. And I think that's the, the future, right? And that's what I would specifically focus on is like, how does, how does our economy intertwine with the actual action arm that we have under the DOD? And how does that 
intertwined with the actual uh, populace and their well-being. Because in Vietnam, as we saw, when the populace fell out of love uh, with our troops, boom, it was game over at that point. We got to pull out. Yeah. Right. So. And that was a small ass, tiny little place. You know, bro, I'm so old fashioned, dog. I'm such a fucking dinosaur. I'm talking to dudes who are in the service, homies of mine who are smart dudes. And they're like, yo, bro. Homie, you're talking about old technology, nuclear bombs, bro. Motherfucker, that's way old. That you know what warfare is now, bro? It's so much more sophisticated, dog. You you need to get with it. And I'm just not even really on it. Um, let's continue real quick, bro. Is there racial injustice in the armed forces? Yes, thousand percent. Break down something real quick that does that the so, obvious because a lot of people, you know, don't know about shit. All right, like shout out to the like I'll say this, right? There's a lot of cats and there's a lot of, you know, people that want to say the opposite. Um, but there's, it, you, you can look at cats like OAF nation, um, that lets you know, like, yo, this shit's really going down. They're, they're showing eye opening accounts of like just fucked up leadership and whatnot. But it also boils down to people believe that the, the armed forces are just, it's just a straight meritocracy, right? Where however you put into it is what you're going to get out. And the, the highest level performers always succeed. Right. And I constantly tell people, it's like, yo, the military is specifically the people. It's a microcosm. It's concentrated of what you see in America. So everything you see, it's the same fucking people, right? Yeah. They want it like it's it's just like in in law enforcement. It's like, all right, cool. When we put this uniform on, all right, yeah, maybe I'm your homie, maybe I'm your road dog, right? Your brother, or whatever. But when we take this shit off, fuck you. Right? Yeah. This this cats that have done way more than me that I've spoken out on this, like two lamb. Over Rowan, Rowan Sider, he's a cat that I pretty, I'm pretty sure he uh, uh, came from Vietnam, became a Green Beret. He's done it all. And he's spoken out on numerous times where cats were, you know, I, I don't I don't want to say the word, but, you know, the the CH word or whatever. Right. Bro, look, hey, let me tell you some real quick, Doug. There's a lot of civil unrest in, in the country right now. There's a lot of kids that are in Atlanta, a lot of kids in, in heavily black populated states and cities, and they don't know how other people grew up in other things and whatever. And look, man, N-word is definitely the worst word there is in the world, right? But there is, and it's just my opinion. People can go fuck yourself, whatever. It'd be like, you're, you're stupid, you're dumbass, fuck you, blah, blah. And they'll go back and say something just as bad as racist. Now, the thing is this, okay? It goes with currency. Mm-hmm. If someone gives me $10 in US dollars, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then someone tries to give me like, you know, Brazilian money. I'm like, nah, bro, I don't want that. Nah, bro, that shit ain't here. That ain't universal currency, homie. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be a euro. It's got to be a dollar. It's got to be, you feel what I'm trying to yeah. say to you? So, th- th- you know, in a way, currency is different. Even though it's money, it is different. Obviously, you know, the euro is worth more money, whatever it may be. With that said, the N-word is the ultimate of all disrespectful derogatory terms for anything in the world, right? Now, when you throw the A in the back of it, you know, obviously it becomes a term of endearment amongst black people, whatever else, and certain things. Some people are cool with some people, whatever, and this, everyone has an excuse for whatever the fuck it is. Oh, no, man, Latin's on us, you know? That's why 6 9 say, first of all, fuck 6 9 But what I'm getting <laughs> at is, what I'm getting at is, again, the word chink used to, um, it, it kind of offended me, right? Dog, I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Where I'm at in my life, there's no pain behind that word. Now, again, look, there was concentration camps for Japanese. There was Manzanar. People don't know about that shit. There were motherfuckers going through hell over here, right? Hiroshima throughout that time, right? Okay, black people are oppressed. Look, man, the Jews went through the Holocaust, some of the worst shit in the world. People are offended by words. Just because I might not be, other people are. But what I'm getting at is, look, you know, like I'm going to let a word go way more now than I, than I ever have before. Because, I mean, dog, I just see the bigger picture. You know, I want my kids to understand. I want them to be, you know, conscious of what's going on. 
And I truly do believe they treat they teach racism certain things. And you know, they definitely look, do. Man, I see it amongst, you know, even let's say my grandma, somebody else, whatever. And I just tell my sons, like, yo, man, you see a lot of black people around me, don't you? You know, whether how my wife was grown, raised or whatever it may be. So my kids are like, oh, so okay, so they're brown, they're black, whatever. What's wrong? I say, ain't nothing wrong with none of them. They're good. Ain't nothing, you know, you just, you have to just, you know, embed it in them. And they just, they understand, you know, and it's just my kids, they don't know shit. They're so pure and so innocent. That's why I love them. But going on, like, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I thought you were going to go on a rant about only black people, but no. like, it's, bro, it's I can't imagine man. your Vietnam. Yeah, you're, I'm just saying, like, it, it is. And I feel you. I have a friend who's a, who's a sergeant in Beverly Hills Police and he's Korean. And I know he sits there and he has to hear the fucking jokes like, oh man, that food smells or this and that. Like, man, and you motherfuckers, like, this, you know. This is one thing I will, I will caveat to that, right? Is, and when you're in the armed forces, right, it's, you, there's a fine line. And, and what I mean by that is, when you're in austere environments, when you're going through a lot of pain, right, you, you like, just for an example, right? Basic training, right? Everyone told me I, I, I was like 23 at the time when I first joined, so I've been around at least a little bit, right? I wasn't 17 or 18, and I meet this dude from Louisiana. This guy had never seen a black guy in his life, and I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me, bro! The president is black, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, but that's on TV." And this dude was shaking to even talk to me, and everyone was like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know." Right. So we uh, towards the end, we find out like his whole entire history. But it's one of those things where it's just to me, I see it as this. Right. You you have a xenophobic thing where it's okay. I don't understand this culture. Therefore, it's it's, you know, inferior to mine. Or you have this ethnocentric thing where it's like every other culture is superior to mine. We do that a lot with our goods and services, you know, cars, all the other stuff. You know, American sucks. I want the Porsche or the, you know, the Italian, whatever it is, right? Trust me, I get yeah. it. Yeah, so when you're in the military, though, it's one of those things where it's like everyone pokes fun. Everyone pokes fun at stereotypes. But then when I say that there's a fine line, it's like, you know, you, you got to be an adult, right? Like you're ribbing each other. You're going back and forth, a little haze and whatever. You got to be an right? adult, bro. You know, like it's you got you got to eat your shit sometimes. But my thing is this, though, is that. It draw. I draw the line where it's like, all right, these niggas over here, these niggas over here, or what, you know what I'm saying. And it's like, to put things in perspective, when I got to my first team, right, my team sergeant was black, right, and I'm two weeks in. Everyone already knew that I was like, damn, you know, I wanted to come to this group because my area of operations was was going to be potentially Africa. I wanted to go to Africa, right. And it, they switched it to Europe, right? And I'm like, fuck, or whatever. Anyway, so they're talking about it in our team room. And my team sergeant's like, you know, everyone's talking or whatever. And I'm like, ah, I actually wanted to go to Africa. My team sergeant, who's a brother from Oakland, leans, right. leans over and he's like, man, fuck that. I'm glad slavery happened. I've been to Africa. That shit sucks. And everyone looks at me in the team room. They're like, oh, shit, what's the other nigga going to say? Right. And I looked up. I, smack, I don't give a fuck if it was my team. I would have smacked the fuck out of him, bro. That was, that was one of the things where I'm like, Oof, okay, two weeks on the team. As a new guy, what do you do, right? And I was like, okay, I got real. I got to be real, like, upfront, fuck you with this. But I also, like, I can't put hands on the dude, right? Because in the military, it's just different. Um, I was like, you know what? Well, my, my senior at the time was like, so what do you think about that? And I was like, well, 
Under no circumstance does my standing in society currently ever make up for the injustice that millions of people went through for hundreds of years, right? Alex, straight up my team sergeant, and put that nigga on notice, right? And it was at that time where I was like, man, you know, my, our motto is de oppresso libera, it's to free, the, it's to free the oppressed, right? And for me, I live and die by that shit. Like, as, and, and, and to go a little bit further into this is like, I actually believe that if you had more diverse and cultural people in special operations, a lot of the shit around the world, we would get done very easily. Very easily. Um, just because of the fact that when, when I was overseas, a lot of these different places, because they're marginalized all the time, they come to me and they're like, this guy's going to understand, right? Because they see it from the exterior view and they're like, oh man, Black Americans, they got it rough. You know what I'm saying? They have it better than us, but they're going to understand. So I have a common line of rapport with a lot of these people. And uh, it's something where I'm in a massive group text. Like when I graduated the, the, the Special Forces Qualification course, we had nine Black Green Berets and it was the most in history ever to graduate once. We all took a photo together. And it was something where it's just monumental where it's like, yo, like even when we're going through it, all, of in, all the instructors are like, this is huge. This is big. Y'all need to help each other stick through this or whatever. And we did and we saw it to the end. But it's one of those things where, and it's not to say black, white or whatever. It's just one of those things where like, hey, people need to understand that no matter if it's internal or external, you're going to see racism everywhere. You're going to see highly amount of implicit bias and prejudicial you know, uh, events and situations and opinions. Um, and the biggest thing that I've seen that helps combat a lot of that is education. The earlier you can do it, the better. It is, bro. It is, man. Whether you're working from home, taking a run, or listening to music, or behind the baller podcasts, you need to have the best wireless headphones to have a better life. If you haven't stepped into the world of wireless, then you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon founded by my boy, Ray J. They're lightweight, fit your ears great, and Raycon earbuds start at about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. And they sound just as amazing as other top audio brands that you know. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are the best ones yet. You get six hours of playtime, the most seamless Bluetooth pairing you've seen, great bass, and design that gives you nice, noise isolating fit unlike some of your other wireless options raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet with no dangling wires or stems to distract anyone during video calls you've heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by ray j and by celebrities like snoop dogg cardi b melissa etheridge brandy and gr smith they're all obsessed with raycon headphones pick up a pair and see what the hype is all about Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash baller. That's buyraycon.com slash baller for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash baller. Bro, what are your thoughts on Joe Biden, man? Oh my gosh. I actually just, so I actually predicted this a while ago, <laughs> um, just because I think it's very, I think politics are extremely predictable. Um, 
my number one thing with Joe Biden is I have to tell people like, listen, number one, uh, just because he was with, I served under Joe Biden and then the Obama presidency, right? Um, just because he was attached to uh, President Obama doesn't mean that this is the guy. Even, yeah, you know dog. what I mean? Uh, <laughs> I don't rock with him, like, bro, but you know what? Again. Because well, number one, <laughs> my thing is this, right? And we can, I'm going to break it down very quickly, right? Number one, he's from, people need to realize he's from Delaware. Where are all the banks headquartered? Yeah. Boom. Trust me, dog. Right. Banks, like, Where do you get your credit cards exactly, from in the mail? Right. <laughs> uh, number two, right? When you look at the 94 weapons assault ban, who helped wrote that, sponsor it, and got it in? Joe Biden, right? I'm very constitutionalist. Like, I'm like, Second Amendment, you, like, people don't even understand it. When you break it down, the Second Amendment is there for national security. It's harder for external threats to even think about stepping foot into our country because of the amount of weapons we have. So if you, if you right. even look at it, that aspect, it needs to be dead. Completely. But check it out. On the, we'll go back to Joe. On this aspect, bro, visiting Korea and visiting London, bro, these are places that don't have guns at all. Yeah. You know, the police don't have the gun. There's no police who have guns in Korea. Yeah. You don't see, you know, obviously some gangsters of people here and there. And let me tell you something. I currently own 49 firearms. Yeah. If I had to get rid of all of them, bro, it would kind of bum me out. But at the same time, for the great, you know, I'm just saying to stop whatever the violence, you yeah. know, here and there. Biden just, man, bro, go on. I'm sorry. So, so continue on, Biden. So, well, I'll get that in just a second because there's a lot of psychological things when it comes to that type of stuff, when it comes to gun violence and whatnot. Because um, I had no clue. I never picked up a gun before before any of this. So, um, so Biden, right? Obviously against desegregation, right? Been a lot of compromising positions, whether it's with KK, former KKK Supreme Leader leaders, you know, whatnot. And then the shit he's been saying the past month and a half, you know, if you if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. You know, the whole yeah, Latino, fucking, come on, the, the whole Latino black you, comment lately. Like, I, I really think it's this where the fact that he picked Kamala Harris as his vice president, that it's a nail in the coffin for me. Not for me to vote, but just for me looking at it at a larger macro aspect. It's like the Trump campaign is going to immediately exploit that because, number one, Kamala Harris has already talked about how you're supposed to believe. And I believe the the people who said that Joe Biden, the women who said Joe Biden sexually assaulted them or touched them. Right. It's like she was against Joe. Exactly. Like she destroyed she married to a white boy. him on every yeah. single debate. And, you know, I get it. They want to progress and, and move the country forward and maybe they can do something. But I just, I, you know, everything that, that she did in California, it's going against the narrative right now. And obviously narratives are different than facts. But for the most part, I don't see a lot of the youth coming out and riding for Biden and Kamala. Right. And this is just one of those I, things where right now. I got to disagree with you, bro. I honestly think I think it is predictable. But at the same time. Bro, man, I know there's a bad taste, especially, especially with black folk. It's like, damn, I'll drink some piss. What up? I definitely ain't going to eat no shit. No, no. I'm... I definitely ain't going to eat no shit. Let me finish because I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I ain't going to eat no shit. And, uh, you know, I'll drink some piss, man. Okay, you know. But you know what's going to happen? This is what's going to happen. How about I'm just going to starve myself? I'm not going to drink piss or I'm not going to eat shit. And that obviously hurts you know, yeah. the, the Biden thing. The thing is, I still think Biden, so I have a deep feeling inside that America's going to do the right thing and get the psychopath out of the presidency. I do think 
that Trump isn't going to fucking win on November 3rd. I don't think he is going to be our president for another term. I just think that, just just wishful thinking. I think this situation now today is just a fucking goddamn, bro. Well, my, my thing is this, right? I go back and forth on it just because of the fact that I look at it, and you always have to look at every election. And every October, there's an October surprise every election year. And I'm just like waiting because you got to re- realize Clinton got it right. George W. Bush got it right. Obama, President Obama got it right. And it's like, ooh, is it going to happen again? Because it goes down to that devil I know versus devil I don't. And then on top of that, it's like, ah, like you, people have decided to play the the complete extremes and not the moderates, right? And because of that, you created this almost horseshoe type of theory, right? Where the further left you are, the further right you are, you come back around together. But what ends up happening is you drop off all those people in the middle. And I think it's going to be dependent on the economy and the stimulus, these little fake-ass executive orders. There's no legality for them. Like, just to pander. Now you're talking about, I'm not fluent in government distribution of economic assistance, whether it be stimulus, whether it be welfare, whether it be anything. All I'm saying is, I understand how to make money. I'm very fluent in that. In fact, I might have a doctorate in that motherfucker. You know, I know how to make money. But what I will tell you is this. I am talking about it on this episode because this episode, you know, when it airs, it's, it's, I, I do want to speak about people think that 2020 is bad. And it's been the shittiest year of my life for sure. At the same time, though, financially, it's been great for me. doesn't mean it's good for anybody else. So to offset it, I've done more donating and charity than I've ever done in my entire life. Now, with that said... People don't realize that 2021 financially is probably the worst year we've ever seen in any of our lifetimes. Your parents, if you have grandparents that are alive, the worst they've ever seen in their lives, the worst, because my mom had said in the, all my life, my mom is what, 76 now? In 2008, 2009, 2010, that was the worst recession she's ever seen in her lifetime. It's the worst I ever seen. It almost put me out. This right here, because I've been preparing for 10 years for this to happen, I'm ready for it. Is the rest? No. Because you know what? You got stupid motherfuckers from the hood on Rodale Drive waiting in line outside Gucci to use their fucking debit card that they're getting their fucking assistance from. And then you got dudes in jail giving people their fucking social security numbers so they can get $16,000 from the government to do this, this, and this, unemployment, all kinds of crazy shit. And then you got motherfuckers outside Louis Vuitton. And I'm like, bro, are y'all fucking insane? You guys are fucking using this money for this. Like, I would just stack and not do. It's better to stack and do nothing. Like, you know, fuck that. I'd rather live my life. And, you know, for Instagram, for social media, like, are you guys fucking nuts? But anyways, going on, I do think that because this coronavirus situation has been such a fuck up on Trump's watch, bro, I just truly think, like, you know, I'm seeing Republicans who I've known all my life been Republicans aren't fucking with dude no more. You know, and it's, I'm telling you right now, there's no way someone can guarantee it's going to be one way or the other. It's going to be a fucking surprise, bro. Well, Straight up. I, mean, it's, it's, I think that's the big thing is like, because of the fact that a lot of these polling places are either not going to be open or will be open, that there's, there's a massive gray area. And I think that's where the play is going to come in, right? Where it's like, are people going to have access to, to be able to vote? Have they already going to send in melon ballots right um i just think that if it does go down we're not going to know for at least a couple weeks damn fuck i didn't think about that yeah i i really think that it's one of those things because you haven't been living long enough life to see how many elections have gone down or whatever and i've seen you know i remember when you know al gore 
who was supposed to be the president, whatever. But what is interesting is this. When I look at Texas, when I look at um, Arizona and what other states, these are states where Biden was getting killed and any blue was getting killed in these states. Bro, they're like neck and neck, homie. Listen, I'm in, you know, it's, it's, I'm in Arizona right now and this is a battleground, right? Like a lot of cats, out, there's a lot of California plates out here, man. There's, there's a lot of cats out here, you know, low taxes. All that bro, there's a lot of blue in, in Arizona for the, cause bro, come man. on, man, McCain lived there, you know, like it's, it's kind of getting crazy, bro. Yeah. And I really think, I'm telling you, it's not going to be close either. I mean, it's not going to be a, a beatdown like, you know, 08 Obama. I think Congress it ain't gonna be, is no. going to be a beatdown. I don't think the presidency will, though. Yeah. I think the con- so, Congress is going to go straight blue across the board, House and yo, Senate. FYI, this is one of the longest interviews we've had, but this is good because, again, there's a lot of shit going on, and you fit all the motherfucking criteria. What are your feelings? Like, how have your feelings been since the murder of George Floyd? And... um how the country and the world has responded to it, taken it to the streets, protests and riots. Like, what are your feelings since uh, George Floyd has been killed? So my big thing is this, is like, listen, people have to realize that this, you have a captive audience. And for me, I saw it, I saw the video and I was like, you know, a lot of people felt disgusted and everything else. For me, I looked at it and I was like, wow, it's gotten to this point, right? Where... It's now blasted across the social media. It's everywhere. You can't look away from it. You're captive. You can't leave your homes. Um, And you have to now face this problem where the cracks on the house are getting to you, right? You're peeling back the wall. You see the mold. You're like, fuck, I got to fix this. And I think a lot of people, it's like when you see someone who's homeless, when you look, when you pass a dirty mirror, it's like you're still looking, it's that shit still looking back at you, my G. It doesn't matter if you look away, you roll up your fucking windows, you turn the the music down. It's still there. And I think now you can't avoid it. And I'm, I'm saddened and disheartened. And I'm also very, it's almost cathartic, right? It's like, finally, that... Everywhere across the world is riding for some type of reform in law enforcement. And, it's, and, you know, everyone has their view on law enforcement. I will tell you this, uh, the security apparatus of the United States, it really needs its law enforcement. I'm not saying that we don't need to fix training. We don't need to have I'm not we, we need we need to fix training. We need to audit these places and say, hey, are you selecting the, the correct people? Right. Are you are, like you need to understand a de-escalation of force. Right. When you join the military, when you throw up your right hand and you you give that oath to the Constitution, the same exact shit you do as a law enforcement officer, along with your your state constitution. It's like, yo. Stop trampling on their rights. Right. And I get it. There's a lot of different situations involved. Shit gets difficult. But, yo, like it's one of those things where America's founded on rebels. America, I believe, to be the most advanced country in the world. And we have probably the greatest government in the world in order to redevelop ourselves and progress forward, right, with our constitution. And I really do believe that, hey, this is one of those times where let's move forward, let's build, right? Because we can't keep resting on the shit we did back in the civil rights movement, right? Because there's an inflation rate to effort. What you did back then is not worth what you do now today period. So people need to step the fuck up and evolve. Exactly. And let me say this real quick. I don't know how much of my show you listen to or how much whatever. I think anybody who's followed me for at least, you know, four or five years, or definitely people who follow me since MySpace, whatever, 
they know I'm not fond of the police. They know I don't call the police. I've never, ever called them. Any kind of incident I've ever been into, never called them. My wife is a different person. She believes in certain things. Look, I do believe that we do need order, and I understand that. And with that said, look, I'm the first motherfucker to tell you to go fuck the police. Fuck all police and everything. But I'm also going to tell you this. I'm not going to walk into a bank or walk into a store and grab something and steal it and not think that I don't deserve to get my head kicked in. Okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not going to fucking run somebody over and feel like, yo, man, you know, that they shouldn't do their job. And, they're, they're, you know, they have to do what they have to do. And I understand that. Again, you know, I'm not patting myself on the back. It's just as you get older and you understand, it's scary when you see someone who's old and they're stupid. That's fucking crazy. You didn't live life, bro. What the fuck did you do in your life? You failed yourself. You, you, took, you got an F grade in this. Now, with that being said... Look, man, people are like, yo, you ain't going out there riding. Fuck the police. Fuck this, this, and this. It's like, yo, man, y'all really, something ain't right. Look, again, I know an eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. I'm not necessarily someone who believes in Gandhi and everything he said. I respect what he said. And, and it's true for the most part. Look, man, when does it stop? Okay. You could literally see some dude and be like, all right, man, you got some Crips and Bloods. Or you could, either one. Yeah. They go rob some dude and beat the shit out of him. Whatever reason it was, they whooped this dude up. Okay, that dude's brother comes over, sees him getting beat up. He ends up killing two of the Bloods. Then the Bloods like, oh, it's a green light on that motherfucker. We need to kill him. Bro, did you just realize you just beat the shit out of somebody's brother? He's getting beaten up for definitely nowhere near the reason why, you know, for what, you know what I'm saying? Like he looked at someone's girl or, you know what I mean? He stepped on someone's shoe. Now he's getting the dog shit beat out of him. His brother sees it. Ends up pulling out his gun and shoots two of you motherfuckers. Now you guys want to go kill his brother because he was doing the right thing. Do you know what I mean? And where we're getting at, and people don't want to see that. But now fuck that. Now fuck that. No one wants to hear. No one wants to hear anybody kick knowledge or anything else. And again, it comes back to ignorance. And it's a beautiful, amazing thing to have this conversation with you. Let me rewind back. Maybe what about four minutes ago when you started breaking down the whole George Floyd thing. That was one of the most beautiful responses in the fucking world. When you're talking about you're sitting back and you see the fucking, you know, the walls cracked. And it's like, yo, you literally fucking just vividly in not even 4K, beyond HD. You did that in 8K. I saw that so well that you articulated that so fucking good. It was just crazy. And with that, what do you think needs to happen so that this country, our, our great country, USA, becomes more united in 2021 and beyond. Well, I think, I think the big thing is this is, you know, with the further you get along from an existential threat, the more complacent you get around your community, right? Um, right now is a great time to look around, right? Right now, I believe is, you know, the time to break bread and, and to find a common line of rapport, right? When someone, you know, everyone's super polarized, they say all this, the media throws it out of whack, all that shit for clicks and whatnot. But I say it like this. The organization is sometimes better than the occupants, right? And the U.S. will endure this and we will get through this. However, right, I tell people this, right? Dialogue is half the battle, but ink is the victory, right? When it comes to legislation, all of that. Now, when you take it a next step further, when you're when you're speaking with these people and you're in, you're conversing and there's dialogue and you believe them to be unreasonable, go to their perspective, go to their side, right? Take their hand and walk them back to the side of reason and have some type of commonality. At least then they know you understand their side 
and you can move forward. It's not a zero-sum game. America is all about everyone eating together, right? Stop building walls, building fences, build a longer table. And I think, Bro, they didn't build a wall around us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our passport ain't good no yeah. more. You feel me? Like, I can't even go do my thing. I can't even, you know... Check this out, bro. I can't stand conspiracy theorists. I fucking hate them. And it's, look, there's people I know who are really smart. They're funny. They're good. They're articulate. They're worldly. And then they're just like, yo, man, it's election year, dog. It's 2020. You know, that's, that's why this is all happening. Like, deep inside, bro, I got to be real with you, man. I truly don't believe that COVID-19 was something planned at least to affect the election. That was like the last thing. If it was planned and it was something else, and if it was, it was man-made, Cool. But for it to fall on the election, bro, I don't give. Come on, man. That whole and the, pandemic, the, the whole five G shit. Yeah, pandemic is bullshit. It's been debunked. Five G, like, bro, look, <laughs> United the the United Nations recognizes two hundred and fifty eight countries. Yeah. But technically, there's only one hundred ninety eight countries in the world. Okay, bro. Coronavirus has hit like two hundred something of those United Nations recognized countries. So it's hit over two hundred countries. Five G is not even in fucking fifty countries. Do you feel what I'm trying to say to you? You know how fucking stupid people, like, it doesn't make, like, oh God, I just, dude. but my thing, when, when I see people, it's like, it's the same thing, you know, people want to debunk science, people want to make it bigger than it is. Sometimes, you know, the whole, like, deep state and all, it's, it all coincides with each other, and it's like, I tell them, like, yo, if you think that the government is that, like, the logistics behind it is so fucking thorough, you are ridiculous. Like bureaucracy yeah, ridiculous. would just root. It would just destroy all that. You wouldn't be able to get shit done. It's just too like it's too big to try to have some type of rollout to plan it. Now, I will say this: politicians never waste a good crisis. Now, that's different, though, right? Mm. Right. Mm. <laughs> but, Yo, bro, I might have to steal that. That's a good one. Yeah, like the, the on the front end, like the whole scandemic, pandemic, five G shit. It's like, nah, man. Now you can debate, like you said, is it man made? Who knows? But my thing is, I, I wouldn't is, be. I, I would. I wouldn't throw up now. Does it have to do with fucking Trump and all this other shit, man? Get the fuck out of here, bro. Yeah. At the risk of five million something fucking infections and how many fucking deaths? It's just. Anyways, real quick, we're gonna get like two more questions. We're fucking out of here, bro. We're this is the longest official interview we've had a bunch <laughs> behind the baller. What are your thoughts on this whole situation with Kanye West running and and the Republicans behind his fucking <sighs> getting his getting his whole fucking process? So. So I have I have a couple different viewpoints in regards to this. Number one, as a diehard like Kanye fan growing up, I was like, "Yo, what in the fuck? This dude has literally lost his mind." Um, and then on the second part, I'm like, "Wait a second, what does he gain by doing all of this? Right? What is the second and third order effects of his actions? Is he specifically being influenced by the Trump campaign to steal or deter votes from the youth or the or the you know black Americans or whatever, or is it just?" this massive campaign for his next album. Um, and then on the last end, I, do I think it's a mental illness thing? No, because I have, you know, close friends. Uh, Bro, remember, this is a friend of mine. Listen, I, so I'm, I'm going to say something about it. Go ahead, go ahead. I just, go ahead, I just go ahead, have a close friend who's, who's worked on the, you know, Cuban of the Kardashians on the Charlemagne interview, the Justice Project, all that shit uh, with Kim Kardashian. And it's like, I've heard some stuff and it's like a lot of this stuff is done out of, you know, clicks in, in whatnot marketing. But I do think that, you know, when you get to a certain uh, status in society, you believe that your opinion or your truth, right, is fact, right? 
and that you are the best, you have the savior complex, right? It's like the Bill Gates thing right now. It's like, bro, like I get it, but step the fuck back and let other people. Fuck Bill Gates. We're going, yeah. <laughs> right. I do. I do think it's one of those things where it has gone to his head. Um, but you know, I, I don't Look, know. Dude, I, I will tell you this. I think it's a, there, there's a tall building. Kanye West is a tall building. And I think it's modernized and I think it's nice and here and there. And there's some parts that were like, damn, man, these, these floors haven't been occupied in a long time. And damn, I missed, you know, going to those floors and he keeps going higher. And I think that there's a lot of areas that the lights don't go on. You feel me? And it's just, that's where it is. And I think that there is, now Milton Endless is a very, very, there's a wide spectrum. That word can be, you know, can mean a lot of things, right? I think I have mental illness, you know, for sure. But what I'm getting at is, look, Doc, D.L. Hewley said something really, really amazing in an interview today. He said he thinks that Kanye has mental illness when it's in his best interest too. And um, I do think, look, man, 2020 is the year of, hey, man, for the people who never say anything, like I have a father-in-law who listens to every episode. He's listening to this episode now. He's the type of person, like, if his brothers and sisters are fighting and going crazy— it might take for the guns and knives to pull out to where he finally jump in like, hey, let me try to block a, a punch or a knife or something. But for the most part, he's just not going to say anything because he just doesn't want to text. He's very quiet. He doesn't want to say things. You know, he'll talk to me, but when it comes to anything controversial, he doesn't want to have an opinion. I know a lot of people are very quiet. They'd be like, look, man, you're not going to say anything, bro. That motherfucker just called you a fucking chink. He's like, you know, say anything. That motherfucker just called you a wetback, you know, blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. And he doesn't say anything. This is the year where you being quiet means you're, you know what I'm saying? They're calling all the quiet yeah. people out. Like, yo, you you quiet? All right, dog, look, man, that's an answer now. And it always has been. But, you know, and I've always felt that way. So with that said, I've been kind of quiet because it's kind of like, yo, man, you know, dude and kick me some shoes, take care of my kids, blah, blah, whatever. We've been cool. We're not close friends or anything. We have a lot, have a lot of close friends that are, you know, we have a very, his circle, my circle intertwines way stronger than a lot of people I could think. You know, it, and it's, the thing is, when I read the shit that John Legend put out about the GOP and every, you know, the, the attorney that helped him get his votes in fucking in Wisconsin, all that shit, bro, that, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro, that shit broke my heart, dog. That shit hurt my feelings. It hurt my heart. I was like, yo, bro, like, I wonder if you're really too stupid because the ego is too big and you don't get that you're fucking up, you know what I mean? The shit for Biden and for anybody else and that you are gonna take away some of these votes and, you know, because you're not taking Trump's votes away, bro. Do you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, how do you feel about that part of it with the Republicans helping him? So my big thing you know. is this, is at a time when real change can be implemented, right? And, and, and when I say real change, I mean, that shit happens over decades. And right now, everyone is in a concerted effort to change something. And when you have someone who believes that they can do something, Right. But they're not they're completely ill equipped for it. And they want to base everything off of their ego. I see it as like, yo, man, like you at, at this time right now, like I, I'm all about First Amendment rights. I'm all about like, I, like, you know, like I love speaking my mind and whatnot. You know, it's got me a lot of yeah, trouble. Yeah, sure. But homeboy needs to sit the fuck down and let cats <laughs> accomplish yeah. some shit and shut the fuck yeah. up and let us move forward. And, and, and look at, look at there, there have been actors. Ronald Reagan was an actor. There have been, you know, obviously, you know, fucking Donald Trump, there's actors, but look, man, if you look at history, chill with the motherfucking actors or the, or the, you know, people who weren't like doc, 
you know, in a lot of other countries like the Philippines, all you got to do is be famous to be a president. Now, do I think he wants to be president? 100 million billion percent, he definitely wants to be president. Yeah. Now, is he equipped or, or you know, uh, qualified? Hell fucking no. Now, you go back like, hey, is it for clicks? I don't really think it is, bro. I think he really thinks he wants to be president. One, and I think he's blinded by it. And another thing too is, is it for the album views or anything else? Eh, you know, before I'd be like, nah, fuck no. Now I'm kind of like, uh, maybe, but... I really do think that he wants to be president. He just doesn't fucking get it. But I just wanted to ask your opinion because you are a black man. You know, Listen, it's you like, are obviously. I see it like this, right? If you're at that status, you you know, you're a billionaire, all this stuff, whatever. You got all this influence, especially culturally, and you've worked on it for so long. Come fucking correct. This shit is not to fuck around with, right? Because especially the leader of the free world, straight up. You are now directing what happens for the next four years and beyond for the whole globe. It's not to be taken lightly. And uh, to me, it's one of those but bro, things even where his, like, his music's not even, you know what I'm saying, yeah. at, at the best of it was. So what I'm saying is you trying to, bro, I do realize this. There are people who are good at multitasking. Yeah. If you study business, if you tr study true economics, and you study true wealth, multitasking is probably one of the biggest waste of times when it comes to something to be inefficient. Like, bro, I'm not saying you can't be a great parent and then also be a great producer. But what I'm getting at is, it's just, dude, if you're going to be a, a, a producer, rapper, and try to be the president, bro, it's, dog, let somebody who's been, you know, and that's why I think that Kim was getting her her law degree to be, you know what I'm saying, prepared for all that shit that's, and everything I'm, else. I'm and, on the same path right now. And, you know, I mean... Bro, man, fuck. We'll, we'll stop that. I got one last question. And, dog, do you have any advice to my listeners who would possibly want to join the armed services? Yeah. Um, armed forces. The biggest thing is this, right, is you need to understand and be aware what you're getting yourself into. It's a different breed. It, it's not to say that Call of Duty, all the video games, whatever, like I play that <laughs> shit. Like the homies, like listen. I got homies who, who do it all, lawyers, producers, all that shit. And we, we play Call of Duty, Fortnite, all that stuff, right? It's just to pass the time. But my thing is this, is you have to really understand what you're getting yourself into. This isn't some just... Bro, oh, this ain't no video game, motherfucker. You ain't going to come back from life after you well, get shot. Come on, bro. Listen, like but this is the thing, is that it is a recruiting thing. And it's not to say like cats that go into it, you know, that's that's not... My thing is just is this awareness, right? External awareness. And one of the the biggest things that we say... And special operations is know your operational environment. Know what the fuck you're getting yourself into. And with that, if you if you want to go down this path, listen, like I said before, whatever it is that you think you did before and you were hot shit, right? It's the same thing for me right now, right? I'm, I'm working to get my law degree, start businesses, all this shit. What you did back then is not worth now what you do today, right? So I don't give a fuck if you were the hottest shit ever. As soon as you walk through those doors, you raise your right hand, you give that oath, no one gives a fuck, okay? Step the fuck out and own that shit. Be, be a part of something I believe that to be great, you know? And I, I was able to, to be able to serve alongside some of the greatest men and women that have, in, in the history of America that have done like million more than, than I have uh, and I'll ever fathom. Um, but a lot of my homies are still in. A vast majority, even at the highest level, D-boys and whatnot. So, you know, if for me, I look at it like this. If you're going to get into it, 
put it the fuck out. Men and women. The first female uh, Green Beret just graduated. Okay? So people need to get the fuck after it, make it happen, and take that shit seriously. There it is. And, you know, going back to the COD comment, look, bro, I've been to go-kart places, and I'm not talking about the real race go-karts, but I mean, semi, you know, semi-serious go-karts, and I might not have the fastest track time. And then, you know, we play video games and we play, you know, any kind of GP racing game and um, Formula One racing game, and I might have, you know, maybe the third best score here and there. And I'm like, all right, cool, you know, whatever. Then we get into a real car, and we get on a road where it's unpredictable because you never know if you're doing 155 and someone's doing 65 and there's slight congestion here and there, you got to figure out, okay, what if a cat runs in the middle of the street? What if this motherfucker breaks? What if you make that, you know, you try to Swiss cheese to this traffic and someone else is making a turn when you're coming in, you're talking about microseconds of reaction time, right? All of a sudden, why the fuck is Ben whooping everyone's ass on the road? Because I do when it matters. Do you feel me in real life? You know, I'm sure there's got to be Green Braves who may not be great in COD, and they might love it, but I'm just saying there might be someone else. I like 10-year-olds, yeah. man. I'm just like, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm getting at. <laughs> Yo, the final question, and as you know, you should know because I know you've listened to a few episodes at least. what the question is. Yeah. Is there any questions you have for me? Or is there a question you'd like to ask me? I, I It's, it's two-part real quick. Um, number one, my brother knew I was going to be on this, uh, and... I heard you talk about it before. I actually sent him a couple portions when you were when you talked about it on the episode. Um, to Kyle Organica, he was part of the team that helped build that up or whatever. Um, he's no longer with them. However, uh, he just wanted to ask you, like, what were your thoughts on the brand and whatnot? Because I follow you as a, as a huge foodie. Like, like I, before in that comment, when I asked you that question, like, I've been following you for a while, man. Like, back when you had the blog and you were talking about Mario's. I went out there and checked that shit forever ago, right? Oh, my God. Bro. Like, I loved it. Peruvian gangster, right? But, so, I mean, I, I've been to 15 different Peruvian restaurants in L.A. And just the, no one's Lomo Saltado can be that. You feel me? Like, it's just not going to. But go on. Ask, so, so Tokaya, let's go on to Tokaya. Yeah, so, okay. so his big thing is, like, yeah, how, what did you think about that? He's been trying to get me the whole vegan thing. He's been he's been converting restaurants into fast casual and AAA restaurants and all that shit like this. So, so, what did, so this, this, is my, this is my opinion on Tokaya. Uh-huh. Okay. As a person who I feel like, look, man, I'm culturally very diverse. I think in some ways I'm much more closer to the Latin community than I am with the Korean American community. It's crazy. There's a lot of things I know about Korean food because of my mom being a chef. But as far as when it comes to Mexican food, I was raised on it. And when I say raised on it, you know, I had a fucking, I had a, a, a nanny who was Mexican from Yucatan, you know, and shit like that. And, and my first language was Spanish. It wasn't English. It wasn't Korean. And just certain things I grew up on and her making tortillas, you know, um, from scratch. And just the way I ate food and, and being being able to be blessed to go to, whether it be a taco truck and why certain taco trucks are better, why certain carne asada tastes different, why certain places in San Diego, why their food, Mexican food could be better in general than even some of the best parts of LA. You got to go to some parts in the hood. There's certain things. You got to have mandeca, that real fat shit in the, in the refried beans to have it. There's Tex-Mex, there's this. When you get to Kaya, what the beautiful thing about it is this, okay? You're getting chef level food that's Mexican, it's not cheap at all because you think about three people eating there, it could be a hundred bucks. And you're talking about it, you know, someone that might think, oh, this is a modernized Chipotle. Okay, cool. But understand this. Chipotle, when they decided to add sofritas, their vegan, you know, things to that, it changed a bit. Dude, it added like 20% to their thing. They, it, If In-N-Out decided to fucking bring a vegan fucking patty, bro, you don't want to know 
They already have an insane brand. They don't have to go to New York. They don't have to. With Takaya, they covered every fucking base. They had everything organic, fresh, free-range chicken. You know what I'm saying? Fucking, you know, grass-fed beef. They have the best. They got vegan. They have vegan options in several. They don't just have, you know, vegan chicken, but they got vegan picadillo. They have this, this, and this. We eat there a lot. A friend of mine who is a foodie, and that's what she does for a living. That's how she gets her, her bills paid and everything. She's in San Diego. They opened up the La Jolla location, and she got this gold card. And I went in there. I was like, let me check this shit out. Now, they really went in there with Dolby 7.1 surround sound. They covered every fucking angle. How could you say anything? Like, it's like, yo, you can go somewhere. You go, oh, I don't eat this, this, and this. Bitch, you're going to eat something in here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they really covered it. And so I think on a 1 to 10, I want to give them a 7.5 or 8. You know, I think as far as the taste and everything, they got the flavors. You have to fuck around and figure out. Because, bro, when you have eight different choices for cheese, you're like, motherfucker, just give me the motherfucking Mexican goddamn cheese, bro. Stop playing. You know, but then you have vegan Chipotle Jack. You have this, this, and this. You have fucking, you know, um, you know, you you have so many different styles. Once you figure out what you like, and it took a little while, like I got the mushroom, you know, um, quesadilla, and I'm like, damn, okay, now the vegan chicken is fucking bomb on this one. All right, boom, this is what's wrong. I got the wrong cheese on that time. Now, when you go in there also um, to Takaya, you know, you start to realize that, you know, there's people now who are like, okay, well, I'm gluten-free, and I'm also vegan, and this, and I'm like, oh, motherfucker, you extra fucking difficult now. But, you know, you realize they have, like, you know, cauliflower rice, and they also have tortillas made out of certain things. So it's really, like, you know, they really do cater to a lot of things. And my wife has allergies now, and she doesn't realize, and it's one of her favorite fucking places to go to. It's just, again, I can sit down at Casa Vega, which is one of my favorite Mexican restaurants in all of the country, and have a sit-down meal. Uh, you know, it's also one of Kim Kardashian's favorite places. You know, it's, it's a great place to eat. Now, I'm sitting down, getting served. I'm having... Two fucking delicious fucking chicken quesadillas, maybe some lobster enchiladas, okay? Um, having, you know, everything you could think of. And my bill is going to be the same price as Tokaya is. That just lets you know that one, their marketing's on point. Two, healthy food's not cheap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Good food isn't. So it's like a fucked up situation. Yeah. Like, you know, I can go to a real restaurant. Again, I'm going to get the more authentic feeling. This is not, they're not trying to get you to feel like you're eating at an authentic Mexican restaurant. That's not it at all. It's obviously modern. I wouldn't say it's hybrid or if it's, or it's um, fusion. It's just healthy Mexican gourmet type food. So that's just, that's my real true opinion on it. I can't say I love it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Well, that's, There's nothing I hate about that place. That's the, like he, like I said, like he helped build out that, that whole entire company from the day one, like with Tosh and them. So He's no longer with them, but he's he's been transferred. He's been like pretty much like he's got his own thing now where it's like detail architect or something like that, where he he's specifically moving everyone that's right now this whole coronavirus stuff straight to that type of concept, fast casual. That's the future, bro. And he's that's literally future, thinking like it's it is the future. And you know, I, I told him I was like, you know, I wonder what his actual like true thoughts on it, because he was instrumental in like a lot of that shit. So I'm sure he'll be happy no, to hear that. Um, and what real quick, my last thing was, you know, everyone wants to ask me, you know, ask everyone the questions about all this other stuff. But my thing is right now, because of Rona and everything, how you, how are you doing mentally? You know, I couldn't figure out the perfect words and, and my life has never been about the perfect thing. 
Instagram is something where people look and be like, all right, boom, let me go to his Instagram page and see this. And like, you know, you can delete a picture, you can archive certain things. If this picture didn't get enough likes, you know, you people leave up whatever. If someone went to my fucking page and tried to figure out what's going on, on Instagram, I say it all the time. You wouldn't know fucking something about me. You'd know that I was a jeweler and you know that I was a father. You're not going to know shit about me because I don't really, I don't ever show my home. I don't really talk about, you know, there's, there's things I don't. Yeah. Me and my wife finally, you know, I had her on my show and, you know, she was so requested. People want to know and people are nosy and it's fine. That's cool. Now, as far as like, when I say that, I say, you know, I, I don't have the perfect things to say a lot. With the podcast, I write down notes. I think about what I can say. I'm not going to go and edit a fucking show, bro. You know, I have 105 episodes where like, you know, boom, it's, they're just out there and that's what it is, you know, and it's, you know, I might fuck up, I might burp, I might cuss. Miles and Jordan, they do the best they can to take some of the sound shit out. But as far as what actually comes out of my mouth is a different thing. And when, um, I guess Michelle Obama was saying that she has fallen to a slight state of depression and, um, you know, you really truly understand that, okay, Money isn't everything. Um, and then you got people, oh, it's the only thing. No, motherfucker, it's not. I was always a good father. And um, I was always very, very, very about being, you know, fatherhood and parenthood and everything. But, you know, I was on 118 flights last year, dog. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, before that, I was on 60 flights a year before that. And I'm, I, I'm on a plane a lot. And, you know, but I'm very hands-on with my kids. It's where I really understood, like, wow, man. I missed out on a lot as much as I was involved and more involved than I can say. And it's not a contest, but I'm saying, you know, you see motherfuckers who just ain't involved and they just expect the kids to grow up by themselves or whatever. And it's just crazy. And it's three kids. It's, you know, we're outnumbered. And with seeing my son, Ryder, my middle son, who everyone thinks is my favorite, and it's just something I, you know, me and him are just very alike in personality. Seeing his birthday pass on May 23rd and every possible gift that you can give him, he got, you know, I got him an iPad. He got, you know, dollars for Roblox, his favorite game. He got, you know, clothes. He got toys. You name, there's nothing I can't even begin. Okay. We had all the favorite foods, everything you could think of. Okay. He cried like I've never seen. He goes, I'm bored. This is boring. And it just, he just was saying and saying it. And then finally, I really saw him lose his mind. Now, every year, We've had 30, 40 kids at his birthday party. We have some outlandish shit. His first birthday, more than most people's weddings cost. And, you know, we go hard for the birthdays. He has none of his friends come by. We didn't do the drive-by with all the kids because, again, man, it's difficult. We do it for others' friends. But with who I am, sorry to say, I don't think I'm famous or anything, but because of certain status, you know, uh, issues and, and, and um, you know, being a public figure, it ain't like I really want all his fucking kids' parents to come by our house and drive, especially because of the neighborhood I live in, they can't. But what I'm getting at is we have to be kind of careful. And with that said, I see how depressed he got because he can't be with his friends. And it's not good enough to do a FaceTime or something. You know, he can't be with his friends and play and do, do you know what I mean? It's just the family. It's just us. And we quarantine hard. So with that said, you know, I... I Started getting kooky um, around a month in. And then you're like, all right, well, you know what? You know, you got a 6,000 square foot place. You got a lot of land. You got a pool. You have everything. Boom. I got a man cave. I have everything. That still isn't enough because you need human interaction. You know what I'm saying? You need to have certain things. And it's like, you know, I'm very limited about because of my older son's conditions, his healthy conditions. I can't really go out and really be at my store and be wherever I need to be. So I'm really just chilling. So I have started to get depressed a little bit. And I do think you nailed it when you said, 
you got no choice but to look at this shit. We can't sit here and, you know, be like, oh, I'm just going to ignore this song. I can't ignore anything anymore. So I'm looking at the faults. I am literally looking at cracks because there was just an earthquake, you know what I'm saying, fucking last week. And there are cracks on some of my stairs. I'm like, fuck. Now me being an OCD person, I'm seeing like, all right, well, shit. Now this bare brick is, you know, seven millimeters apart and the other one's 32 millimeters. Okay, I need to figure this out. Boom. And you start, I start getting a little mental. And then I realize how much is wrong. That doesn't matter. It's so fucking just, it's so not important. And you think about, all right, let me think about what is important. Okay. The fact that you got fucking, you know, black people getting killed. And it's not that it's new. Again, it's the fact that it's just being videotaped now. And you have all this shit going on. And it's just so much to where the fuck do you begin? Do you know whether it's, yeah. you know, if it's even good things, you're at a buffet, you're at a fucking five star buffet. And you're like, damn, all right, dog, am I going to hit these crab legs? Am I going to hit this pizza? Am I going to hit this cream food? What the fuck am I going to hit first? And it becomes like, oh, man. Then you end up getting fucking full on fucking mashed potatoes and you fuck up your whole shit. I'm like, oh, fuck. And you get sick. I wish that was the issue. It's the buffet of shit. I'm looking at a buffet of fucking, all right, well, we got, we still ain't arrested the fucking police who did fucking, who, who killed Breonna Taylor. We got fucking this shit going on. We got people out here not wearing fucking masks and rioting. Then you got people saying, fuck this, I don't give a fuck. Fuck, we gonna ride, blah, blah. All right, look, dog, you are doing it for the right cause. Guess what, man? The timing is fucking terrible. There's no other better timing. There's nothing else you can fucking do. It has to be now. All right, dog, cool. So now everyone's gonna get COVID from that situation. Then it's like, I oh, don't give a fuck about this. Then you got people like, oh, this shit's a joke. It's a hoax. There's so much shit piled up and then you got the fucking election bro how can i not be depressed how can i not have anxiety how can i not feel like yo this is fucked up how can i not feel like look man it's one thing to give to the red cross it's one thing to give black lives matter and everything else and then you got the people who are like oh man black lives matter you know is is funding this shit and it's just like oh my god bro when does it stop it's not ever so you know where i have found some peace is I have two nieces who are graduating. I'm giving them money, more money than, than I would ever because they missed their prom. And be like, oh, boo-hoo, blah, blah. Listen, I don't give a fuck what everyone else is fucking going through. This is something directly tied to me. It's important to me. And you know what? Whether it's not important to you, if everyone minded their own business, took care of their own direct responsibilities, this world would be a fucking far different place. Now, with that said, you know, people are like, oh, I'm going to go fucking help the people in Haiti right now. We're going to do this. I'm like, dog, look, bro, that's beautiful. That's admirable. Homie, you have a son at home you ain't seen in motherfucking eight months, homie. You have a wife you ain't talked to. You want to go to Haiti and go help people? And this is, look, at, I'm not saying that's not great. But bro, you need to take care of your direct responsibility, homie. Priorities. I, I gotta, I, your priorities are fucked up. And what I'm getting at is, like, I handpicked 200 people to feed. And I figured, look, man, I gave this one girl 200 bucks. You know what she did, bro? She went and bought some Gucci slides. She didn't use it for what she said. She didn't use it for a formula and everything else, boom, whatever. And I had a fake page. Someone had and followed her. And they told me, hey, bro, yeah, man, she's out here doing whatever. So I'm like, all right, look, not everyone is like that. But what I did was I figured, hey, man, let me team up with Postmates. I could pay directly. If I had their email address, I could add the credits into their account. So at least they were getting food. So I was feeding a lot of nurses, people out on the front lines, boom. Then I was feeding a lot, mostly single moms. People were like, yo, man, I'm hungry, I'm broke too. Look, dude, life ain't fair. When you understand that, life is not fair. 
So if I'm picking 200 fucking people, if I want to pick up fucking 200 people to feed and all of them got big titties and big asses, bro, that's my fucking prerogative. That's my choice, man. No one can say shit to it. Everyone's going to say something from anything. No one's going to be happy, whatever, whatever the fuck it may be. You're going to find something to complain about. But I did find that looking through some of the DMs and I get lost in them and I see someone like, yo, man, and I really see a girl's page. I'm like, wow, man. This chick, not saying she didn't know any better, whatever it may be, you know, she has two kids and she can't really feed them and she's in a bad situation and everything. It's like, all right, man, look, man, best thing for me to do is get this girl a $300 Target card. I know exactly how many fucking diapers she can get, how much formula she can get, and how many wipes she can get, and at least there ain't no motherfucking Gucci slides at Target. You feel me? And I just know, and I saw what it did and it changed her. And those little things, those little thank yous, now again, I can go to an organization and do that, but when I'm handpicking 200 people and feeding them $75 each, it, it went further than me going to somewhere and making sure at least, because you got a nonprofit, bro, they only have to give up really you know, 10% of that. The rest of it could be like, oh, well, 90% went to operating this and I had to fucking drive and gas. No, no, fuck all that. I'm going to handpick some people and feed them. And with that said, it was therapy for me to see these people happy and do that. And... um you know, one charity that I found was this place called, it was this, this um, charity called 100 Black Men of Atlanta. And it was just, you know, young black kids, whether they be 9, 10, 12, 13, after school, like, you know, they might not have both parents, whatever the fuck it may be. It could be some stereotypical shit. But what they were doing was grooming these kids to be great black men and grow up and have extracurricular activities and, you know, learn a different, you know, trade, you know, whether it be a language or something, you know, have a different skill set. And I was like, you know what, bro, I'm going to put some money in here. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I donated, you know, five G's to that organization, then donated, you know, some money to bail out. And I just felt like, you know what, man, I did a lot of shit quietly, talk about it on the podcast. And so be like, well, you talk about it on your podcast. You know what? Even though this is my biggest platform, there's still... If you think about how many people I have on my all my social media, it's not the same, but this is really my stronger platform because any kind of misinterpretation of my life is going to be straightened out here because you're going to hear the energy in my voice. You're going to hear me speak about it in depth and as articulate as I can be. So that literally sums up the entire quarantine besides watching half-ass basketball, which I'll take. <laughs> the, the arena mm -hmm. basketball league. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, that's dope, man. That's dope. Like it's you know everyone's in the in that in that mode right now where it's like stir crazy and how do I progress? So that's what know. it is, bro. But yo, man, holy shit, bro! Almost two fucking hours, man. Longest <laughs> fucking interview, man. And you know what the crazy thing is, bro? I already know before December I'm gonna hit you up because there's other questions I didn't even touch on. We didn't talk about Obama. And you know what? I think I do want to talk to you after the election happens because people don't realize shit don't change. That motherfucker I don't have to leave the office until was it February? When does yeah, he have to so actually get out? I think it's January 13th, his inauguration, around then. I think it's I don't like... Know. That motherfucking yeah. orange hair motherfucker. But yo, listen, hey, dog, thank you so much for coming on, man. And um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, dog. And and uh, yo, Miles, man, damn, bro. I don't know how, how the fuck we gonna get an outro on this bitch, but they'll throw on some Lakey Lake real quick. And yo, folks, we'll be right back.
Yo, man, I hope you guys enjoyed that, man. That, sh- that shit could have been three hours. I had to cut that shit down because that motherfucker could talk. And, you know, he's, man, he's got, he's loose with the verbs. He's eloquent, well-versed, you know, articulate, the whole nine. Man, I really appreciate it. Definitely going to have him on again after the election and all that. And um, um, I hope to link with, you know, all my listeners who are, you know, on the up and up. You know what I'm saying? It can't meet with everybody. I mean, when I say meet, I mean link with everybody, you know. But dude seems like he really got his head on together. Um, Jerry Jones said that he's going to have fans at the Cowboys games. You know, Jerry Jones is fucking stupid as fuck. All right. Now he's just old as shit and just dumb as fuck. Like, bro, I don't give a fuck if you're a billionaire. The NFL ain't going to let it happen. Motherfuckers ain't going to, the other teams, the opposing teams ain't going to come to the fucking stadium. They're not letting you motherfuckers have fans in the fucking, I mean, I don't even know what to say. It's just the stupidest shit in the world. And then Cowboys fans think they're getting clowny. You know what, man? We'll see. I, I mean, we need to sign them. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. I pray to God, you know, Seahawks front office, uh, get that shit cracking. But again, I really don't think there's going to be an NFL season because people are trying to argue that there's going to be an NCAA football season, but the Big Ten is out and so is the Pac-12. So how the fuck is there going to be a season? And on top of that, there's so many legal repercussions that could happen with having a season. It's just fucking stupid. Anyways, um, the NBA has announced new rules in the bubble. They're allowing four guests, and uh, I'm sure it's it's a mix. It's going to be some family, and the people who don't have family, it's, you know, it's going to be some thoughts. I don't know. Um, there's a limit, I think, or something. What they say, if it's a kid, they can't be over 36 inches tall or some shit, crazy shit like that, or 32 inches tall or something, which is a young baby. So that obviously has to be accompanied by the mom. I don't know. This is all crazy. This is fucking, this is nuts. Um but one of the rules is you have to actually know this person. I don't know how the fuck they can verify that shit. Meaning you can't just sit and slide in some girl's DMs and be like, all right, man, you know, Instagram is so, what the fuck you, I don't know if TikTok has DMs. I don't know shit about that app. Snapchat or fucking Facebook, whatever the fuck it is. You can't just start hitting, you know, thoughts up and whatever the fuck it is. But um, it's going to be a trip. I don't know. Yo, Lakers got that W uh, with Kuzma. Hit that buzzer beater over my nephew, Bowl Bowl. And I'm going to be honest with you, that game pissed me the fuck off. Prior to that game, I don't even know who the fuck PJ Dozier was. I used to, I was calling him DJ Dozier all fucking game. And you got motherfuckers like Plumlee. Come on, man. You got the bench making us look bad, making our starters look bad. Yo, Denver is going to be a problem. They're going to be fucking crazy, you know. And this is just a fucking, it's, it's, this is crazy. Kuz, he really was fired up. And, you know, when you, when you see Kuz on like that, man, it's, it's a blessing. And he shot that motherfucking three for the, the game winner over my nephew again, Bobo. And I'm not mad. If I kind of felt bad, I was like, damn, you know, that's my fam. But you know what? I talked to Bull yesterday, and he didn't put me on his list of four guests. So that's too bad, so fuck him. But no, I'm just playing, man. That's Bull's my guy. I actually did say that to him, and he was like, man, bro, you already know you ain't coming out here with your old ass. You ain't about to leave your family. Stop fucking playing. And, he, and he's right. And uh, obviously because of London and, and what's going on with London. And on top of that, London birth, London's birthday is coming up. London was born on August 24th, 2012. Obviously, um, if you guys have known the story, I've talked about this many times in many different areas and platforms. But London was seven minutes away 
from being born on the same day as Kobe Bryant. And I was really pushing. I was like, fuck, man, come on, babe. You know, let's get this going, boom. And, uh, you know, obviously you can't gotta let shit happen naturally. And um, Kobe was born August 23rd. And it's just so crazy because he's born in 824. And that's Kobe's numbers, right? 824. There's a lot of numbers in my life that um, are affiliated with 8 and 24. So it's kind of weird. And 42 and all that. Just those numbers, not necessarily in that exact sequence, but, you know, 24, 8. And just all kinds of weird shit. It just correlates to a lot of things in my life. But with that said, you know, Orange County, California has now recognized 824, August 24th as Kobe Day. And that's fucking dope. It's my son's birthday. So I'm fucking hyped about that. Um, real quick, because we, you know, that interview was super long and I didn't want to fucking, you know, there was a lot that I've expressed in that interview, even though he did a lot of talking, which is great. I want people to do a lot of talking and um, I'm glad to give him that platform, which he might not have had. I want to say a few things before we end this show, but lately I really have been, it's not petty. It's really how I feel. I have been paying attention to so-called homies, friends who haven't clapped, you know, at my wins, um, some new accolades that, that have happened, you know, this year. And I, and I have, I'm like, yo, you know what's crazy, man? I see you, you know, there's no fine line between dick sucking and support. I see motherfuckers who I've been fucking with for 15, 10 years, whatever it may be. And I see them dick riding a new whatever and on some stupid shit, but yet whether the algorithms are fucked up or anything else, it's like I go back and I see, and I'm like, it's so funny, man. You motherfuckers are, are y'all, y'all kill me, yeah. You know, and that's cool. I'm like, yeah, man, but don't hit me up to ask you for support. You know what I mean? It's like I don't give to get. It's just, but there's a mutual respect between people, and you do, you should pay attention to, you know, to to those who ain't clapping when you win. You know, it's and you know, motherfuckers celebrate when you lose, and you you gotta just know what it is, you know, and just. As I get older, I just see it better, and my vision is way clearer. You know what I'm saying? My shit is 2015. And I actually had 2015 vision. It was better than 2020. I'm thinking about going back to only following 30 people. And, you know, to tell you the, the, the honest truth, though, don't worry about if I follow you on social media. Okay? I don't follow my mom on social media. And there's a reason why. I don't want people fucking with my mom. I don't want people messenger. She don't even understand this shit. But worry if I follow you in real life. All right? That's what you should worry about, all right, fam? Worry about me following you in actual life, not on fucking social media. Motherfuckers are so fickle these days. They're so funny style. Motherfuckers will say anything just to get something on a business level. And I just, man, some dude sent a DM to the podcast page. He was like, hey, man, you always say, oh, um, I'll talk about that later and blah, blah. Motherfucker, I don't ever hold my tongue. Y'all should know that already. Because if I was holding my tongue, I wouldn't say all types of bitches and motherfuckers and dick stain Donald Trumps and all types of fucking Wonder Bread bag treatment in the ass and all the other stuff. Man, you, if I forgot, okay. But a motherfucker never holds his tongue. Uh, real quick, when it goes to the hobby, um, we're at car 200, so we're halfway done with Project 2020. Um, I'm about to... Maybe do a release. I'm going to wait and see. I'm praying to God these Cal Ripken, you know, this notification comes in that they're going to get shipped because I want to kind of do the card release all at the same time. My 1 to 50 and then my 1 to 10. You know, my autos are being authenticated. Right now, what I'm doing is on my 1 of 1s, I'm getting them slabbed. So they're even more official through Beckett. I might do my 1 to 10s through that. It takes like about a week or so and it's worth it because it's it's really making things worth a little bit more money. Um, 
But I am selling one-on-ones. Now that's going to be Ichiro, Frank Thomas, uh, Mike Trout, you know, Ricky Anderson, Dwight, uh, Dwight Gooden, all the cards I've done, I'm doing one-on-ones and I'm going to sell on the website on bbdtc.com. I have a couple air cards that, I, that are official that have been recognized by Beckett that authenticated. And uh, I just wanted to keep you guys updated with what's going on with that. I don't have an exact date for Topps, uh, my, my Topps Chrome BBDTC set. It's limited edition. Just know that when I can release the date, I will. And uh, that's it for that. Yo, I wanted to say again, before we get out of here, look, sometimes you really got to take a financial L for a win. Okay. You got to understand, sometimes there are people out there who might not be working as hard as you, and, and that sucks, and they get more shine, right? And they don't you, don't, you try to figure it out, but what they're doing is they're working smarter, okay? And they're investing in themselves and their brand, and they're paying a publicist to get them the right shine, okay? And if that's done right, it can work. And then you look back at the few thousand dollars you might spend on a publicist or an agent, whatever it may be, and... It is a financial L for the win, but it's not really an L, but it's a negative in your pocket that's going to go to positive to your future and eventually a positive to your pocket as well, you know, and there was so many times where I was DJing and I needed to pay rent and I couldn't take, I had that discipline and like my boys would go spend New Year's Eve in Aspen, do all this other shit and everything. Like, man, yo, Yang, come on, man, for real. You ain't gonna come with us. I'm like, bro, I need to get this. I need to make this money. And, you know, um, I don't necessarily regret it because, you know, I, I had to make bread. And um, those aren't L's or nothing. But, you know, I took the short-term fun and was like, nah, man, it's cool. I'm gonna have way more fun later. And, and I'm having that now. So, you know, I'm just letting you guys know, man, sometimes you really have to, you know, take that hit in the pocket for a brighter, better future. And it could be a gamble. Nothing's guaranteed, man. I tell you guys, life is not fucking guaranteed and life isn't fair, but you must invest in yourself, invest in your brand. Um, sidebar, there was a dude who got busted in Sacramento or fucking, I forgot what county it was. Um, and he had fucking almost 6,000 fake VVS pens. Yes, fake. Look at the picture, look at it closely. That bust was was in the last couple days. And FYI, we haven't had those type of pens in over two years. We've been rocking with C-cells, you know, since 2018, early. So it's like, look, man, keep it pushing, y'all. Appreciate you guys looking out, but we're good. And this uh, Purple Lean, this Jonas B, Ben Bard, the strain, strain, fucking, yo, this, this flower I got is so fucking fire. Shout out to my cookies fam, shout out to Sky Pack. Um, you know, the, the place that brought you cereal milk and Gary Payton. Yes. That's where Ben Ball did the strain is coming from. And, uh, yo, I'm thinking about going pescatarian again for 10 days. We will see what happens. You know what I'm saying? I, I went vegetarian for 10 months. I went pescatarian for almost the same. I just need to try to figure something else out, man. I feel crazy. And, uh, I think I'm gonna try juice cleanse after that. Maybe a three day, maybe a five day. I don't know yet, but yo guys, that is it. That was a... That's a fucking wrap on episode 106. Always remember, this is not your practice life. All right, y'all. Please have a great weekend. You already know how much I appreciate everyone who listens to this show. Um, we got some plans and I'm hoping they go through. And let's, you know, and obviously you guys will know first. So again, God bless. Yo, Lakey. Lakey Lake, how you doing, brother? All right, man. Hey, man. 
Bust me out with some music. All right, y'all. Peace. <laughs>